Guy's camera's all over the place. You see that? Oh. Oh. Hey. Oh, how's it going, man? Hey, you all right? I'm showing the yeah. first video that I sent you earlier. Oh, you are? Yeah, Which one? The one about pulling women or the um, the Mandela effect? No, I'm talking about uh, the, the San Diego one from San Diego, California, The Strange Lights in the Sky. I had to turn the volume down because there was some cursing in it. But um, it looks like oh. emergency fire to me. I know they're, they claim they're moving around or whatever. That could be shot out of a plane or something. The plane could have went over and shot out some players. Yeah, I've, I've not had time to click through most of your videos. I've seen the one about Disney Plus changing the uh, Lilo hopping into the uh, – the dryer instead of – or hopping into a basket or to a cabinet instead of a dryer. That's, um, but that's the only video I had time to click through real quick. Yeah. Well, I've been on the road all day yesterday. Yeah, he had a safe trip back, I see. But, uh, uh, yeah, this is in San Diego, California. Of course, we're so we can't really play the, the volume. But the, you know, of course the the, the description says China sending war flares, uh, warning signals. You know, of flares. I don't believe that's what it is. I believe it's uh, I don't believe it's UFOs. I believe it's, I believe it's some plane flew over and shot some emergency flares out. I believe that's what it is. But uh, going to this next one down here, oh, the Mandela effect. Now I turn it back up. Sure to blow your mind, part three. This first one I don't agree with, but hey, maybe some of you do. So a lot of people are uh, the peace sign looking like this. However, it's always looked like this. The peace Medicine. signs always look like that. I don't know. That's a the chicken foot thing. I don't know what that is. That's something else. That's a, there is a symbol about the chicken foot, but it's not the peace sign. I don't Which one you remember think it's in a, the comments? Some kind of okay, wicked cult sign. So the diary of Anne Frank. Now right? this. You know that story. We had to read the diary of Anne Frank in school. I remember it being the diary of Anne Frank. So I don't know uh, why they've changed this and why it's suddenly not the diary of Anne Frank anymore. Did you have to read this in school, Connor? No, I never read it. It's one where the girl hid the Jews from the Nazis or whatever. There's even okay, a movie on it. I told you it's never been called the diary of Anne Frank. It's always been called the diary of a young girl. Like what, sir? No, the like diary. I said, I I've never seen it or never read never, it. Never seen it or read it. We nope. had to watch it in school, and we had to read the read the book. Of course, you know, in school you don't read the entire book; you just read sections of it. You know, you just read, you know, so many chapters. You don't never read the entire book because they don't give you. The, I mean, a lot of times they don't give you the entire book. It's like on a reading list or whatever. They just give you section such and such and such and such, you know. But um, go back. I mean, but no, that's just wrong. So apparently in the Tarzan movies, the line, me Tarzan, you Jane, was never spoken. Who else remembers this line? Because I know I can't be the only one. Okay, now the movie Wizard of Oz. Dorothy. Me Tarzan, you Jane. Mm, now, I don't know about that. I know it was like that in the old show and in the uh, old movie, uh, Tarzan and Jane, but I don't know if it was that in the Disney one. 
I think it was Tarzan and Jane. I think the show was, or the movie was called Tarzan and Jane, right? No, it was a lion spoken. The movie was Tarzan. But, uh, you know, it's always like, ooh, me Tarzan, you Jane, you know? Yeah. When she's introducing herself, you know? That's, that's like Batman's parents getting killed in the back alley. It never changes, you know? Only thing that changes is one time it's the Joker, one time it's this guy, one time it's some other guy. But you know, it's always it's always uh, his parents getting killed. I think it was one time it was Zorro, one time it was uh, the Phantom or something like that. Uh, you know, it was some kind of movie like that. You know, it was a superhero movie. You know that he was leaving, or one time I think it was maybe even Phantom of the Opera or Bats or something or Cats or something scary. Only they always change up the movie he was seeing. They always change up. Which guy committed the crime in the back alley? But back to the video. Instead, the line was always Toto, oh. Ohio. Oh. This next one pertains to a certain emoji. Apparently, there now, has I've never, never been. I've never seen a hiking emoji. I've only I've seen hiking signs like that, but never a hiking sign emoji. This hiker emoji before, but I definitely remember a hiking emoji. I do not remember a hiking and emoji. And do you remember a hiking emoji? I do. Yes, I think it's on you Messenger. Do? Yep. Really? Yep. I remember that? I remember the hiking emoji on signs. You know, like when you're out camping or whatever in some of these national parks, but I've never, I've never seen it on Messenger that I can think of. Yeah, huh. there's also been emojis um, of like robbers that have disappeared and all that kind of stuff. Oh, you've seen so you've seen part of this video. Yeah, because um, I believe she goes into that in this video. But yeah. I've, I've never seen that either. I've never seen the robber uh, or anything like that. Never, never seen that at all. Oh, you? Do you remember him, or am I crazy? You're crazy, lady. Unless Connor's crazy Tons too. Tons of people. Oh, there's the rem robber emoji. I remember being a robber oh. emoji. I remember him having the mask, the bag of money, the hat, the striped shirt, everything. You remember that? You? I do. That? Yep, I remember. I don't remember either. Maybe I just didn't spend that much time on Messenger. I guess. I don't know, but I, I don't remember that one. One really freaks me out because I really liked the movie Annie when I was younger. But apparently, the lyrics to Tomorrow in the 1982 movie Annie have never been You're Only a Day Away. They've always been and remain You're Always a Day Away. This is wrong on so. They don't even make sense. They don't even rhyme or have flow <laughs> the way that song did. You probably never watched The Orphan Annie, though, did you? It was huge when I was a kid. Yeah, I've never seen it. Yeah, I've never seen yeah. it before. Yeah, it was there. They made a remake when y'all were kids, but I didn't take you to see it. But I had to watch it because, well, you know, the grandparents, they all, and probably dad too, they all grew up listening to Little Orphan Annie on the radio, you know, because you got to eat your Ovaltine and all that kind of stuff they were selling kids back then. It's just as bad as it is now, but it was on the radio. So you grew up listening to Little Orphan Annie on the radio, Little Orphan Annie on the TV or whatever. And uh, uh, they, uh, so when I, so when that movie came out like in the 80s, like 81, 82, 83, whenever it was, it came out. 
the parents, you know, my grandparents and everybody was just all ecstatic. You got to watch that movie, you know. So I guess because of my little sister, we had to watch it. And she was so young, you know, it was just unbelievable. But anyway, we had to watch that movie. It was a musical. I hated it. I couldn't stand it. And I was not going to put you kids to it when it come back out the second time. I think it, I think one night I came in and Granny Betty was watching on pay-per-view there at the house. Yeah. The pay-per-view channels, one of the movie channels she was watching there at her house. And I come in, she was watching it like, Oh my gosh, little orphan Annie, the remake, you know, but anyway. Okay. Now I know you guys remember the Gen X classic boom, boom, pow by the black eyed peas, right? Well, I know we're all getting old. So here, let me refresh everybody's memory. Okay. So what is the year that Fergie says in the next part when she says, I'm so bleep bleep. Have you heard this song? Yeah, I've heard this song by the Black Eyed Peas. Yep. Yeah, what, what's she say on the next I, line? I'm not sure. Not a big fan of the Black Eyed Peas, to be honest. Oh, I, I liked them. Uh, she says, I'm so 2008. You're so, you're 2000 late or something. Is what, what she said, what I always thought she said in the song. Bleep, bleep, bleep. You're so 2000 and late. If you're like me, you remember her saying, I'm so 2008. You're so yeah, 2000 I remember and that. late. However, listen to what Fergie says now. That's right. You heard her right, folks. She said, I'm so 3008. You're so 2000 and late. No, I just I want to know who that. else has been singing 2008 this whole time because I definitely have been one of them. Like, I'm sorry, but that's just not what she said. I have a theory about the Mandela effects and why they may exist. I'm going to be uploading a video on that soon. You're not going to want to miss it. Be sure to comment your thoughts and opinions so, below. We'd love For those of you that may not know why it's called the Mandela effect, when I was a kid in high school, I was like, what? I thought he died like in 1992 or something like that. So this is where the Mandela effect comes in. That's where it gets its name. Some people claim this happened after they done, after they built CERN, they somehow changed the timeline. But like I can remember in early 2000s, probably 2003, 2004, of reaching in, being around at that time so I do not know if CERN was the reason why some of this stuff is wrong or if it's just wrong memories well you know maybe it's like a, yeah, uh, sometimes we pronounce things wrong especially down here in this hit country that, that I'm proudly from I, I see a lot of things wrong myself uh, 
you know, but you know, you, you ask some people where they're going. Well, I'm going to Kroger's. Well, Kroger's don't exist. It's Kroger, you know, or I went up to Walmart's a while ago. Well, Walmart's is not a place. It's Walmart. And you think that's part of the reason there, Connor? Some of this stuff gets it's just misspoken over and over. It could be, or like, like definitely in that song, like both of the lyrics, you know, the one that you guys believe is what she actually said before the Mandela effect or whatever. Um, could just be misremembering stuff, right? Like, like the Bernstein and the Bernstein bears, like, could just somebody just be misremembering something or, um, you know. A lot of people like a lot of a lot of stuff, you know, like stress definitely would cause like a lack of memory in some things. Um, it's like the Star Wars Mandela effect, right? Like, no, Luke, I am your father or Luke, I am your father or whatever Darth Vader does say. Right. Like you. Hey, you, you man. Yeah. <laughs> keep losing Spotify keeps kicking us off. I don't know. Maybe we're not supposed to talk about this. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Yeah, I keep losing it. Did I lose yeah. you again? Yeah, you lost. It kicked. It kicked. It, it completely shut down Spotify that time. Yeah, I. I, yeah, I keep losing you, man. I, I, I don't know what keeps happening. Like, you just keep just – like, I, I have the vi- YouTube video playing in the background, and I'm listening to that, and then all of a sudden, the YouTube video skips ahead. I'm like, oh, man, I lost him. I can't hear him. Yeah. It uh, – I don't know. It just – it. Uh, I don't know. I keep, I keep losing it for some reason. It just keeps kicking it out. And uh, the battery's full on the, on the tab. I don't, I don't know what the – What's causing it? But hey, that's one thing about running a show. You uh, gotta learn these things. You know, you don't have some things happen. You can't get discouraged. You just gotta keep moving forward. But uh, do, do you remember we were? I was trying to say that song. We are the champions. Do you remember that? I mean, yeah, we'll probably yeah, from Queen. Yeah. yeah, I know. I mean, I know your mom probably played a lot of Queen. She used to be a big Queen fan at one time. But uh, of course, I, I always like Queen too. But but uh, probably one of the number one rock bands ever. I mean, as far as being good, I mean, like really, really good, all around yeah. good. But uh, uh, them and Kiss. But uh, Queen, I, I, my entire life, I've heard the last lyrics that, you know, of the world, you know, we are the champions of my the world. Friends. My friends. No, I I don't remember. I don't remember the um, of the world at the end. But then again, I do listen to a lot of Queen. I do like that classic rock music. I I don't remember of the world at the very end because. Um, what do you remember it saying? Yeah, I just remember it just ending, right? Really? Yep. No time for losers. We are the champions, and it's over. Yep, that's what I remember. I don't remember of the world. Really? I always no. remember of the world. I may be losing my mind then. Anyway, uh, back to this next video. Yeah. You probably grew up with a different version of what I did. I, I got the one on Spotify. That's what I listened to. We'll make it quick. 
Well, that's that's probably the version that's everywhere now, though. The one on Spotify. Yeah, probably. That's what I would expect. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. I just noticed the vent sticking out of the ceiling on the corner of the camera. It kind of looks like it's at an angle because the, I guess, because the roundness of the earth makes it look like it's at a funny angle. Set on that flat roof, the flat ceiling. Look how it looks like it's on an angle. It's weird, ain't it? <laughs> the little flat earth conspiracy in there for you. Did I lose you again? No, no, I, I just can't see the video. Like, I'm listening to the podcast. I just can't see your, your screen. I have it oh. minimized to where I can't. If I pull oh, it up, no, I'll lose. No, if I have it pulled up to watch, I'll, I'll lose the stream. Right, right. Okay, I understand that. I'm going to show this, play this next video. Are beginning to mesh together. No, the Mandela effect is not just some TikTok BS. It actually this- started in the 80s. And it gets pretty deep and is this wide. One we just watched? I know that a lot of people remember the Monopoly oh, guys. Yeah, that's with, one we just, one we just watched. Yeah. I'm actually going to go back. Proof that we switched timelines. This is part three. What brand do you think of when you see these pizza wheels? See this? Yeah. I, I remember I mean, this. Now, if you're from my timeline, you would have said Tostino's. Yes. It's Tostino's. Where did the S come? And you guys know Jordan's sneakers, right? The logo always. Well, this right here, shorts. too. But supposedly it's always been pants. I don't remember it being pants sense? either. Who plays ball in pants? And wasn't the Mississippi River the longest river yes. in the U.S.? Well, supposedly it's the Missouri River. And we all know the song, We Are the Champions. We all remember the ending of the song. He goes, We are the champions of the world. But that's not the ending lyrics. It just ends with, We are the champions. Oh, you just lost your video. <laughs> they better take this down. <laughs> What's the better fruit? Watermelon or pineapple? Let's see who wins this one. And I. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's uh, I I don't know what that was, but but anyway, uh, that's that's the three main ones right there that I remember, the Tostinos thing, the the we are the champions. I, I that was a new one to me today. I'd never heard that one before. I never heard that one. Which one? Weird man. About we are the champions. I've never heard that before. It's totally, totally brand new to me. I, I never heard it, and I don't know where it came from. But crazy. What What do you think? You, of course, you're too young to remember being Tostinos. No, I remember. <laughs> no, because I, I grew up at being Tostinos, right? Like I grew up with it being called that from you and Logan and um, mom would always get pizza rolls and, and it, it was never Tostitos. It was always Tostinos. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's just, yeah, we that's just what it was. That's what, everybody called it. that's what everybody called it. So yeah. do you think it's one of those like a mispronunciation thing? Like uh, people saying, let's go down the road here to Walmart's. Walmart. Now nah, those are just like methods to say that kind of stuff. But I think I think what it could be is maybe like a rebranding. You think? Maybe they did change it. Know. Like maybe that that was maybe it was toast 
and it was Tostinos for years, and then they changed it. We branded it. You never know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Hey, what do y'all think about out there? Leave some messages in the comments. What do you think it is? Do you think it's always been Totinos or Tostinos or or what the heck's going on? Are they just trying to mess with their minds? You know, you see these things going on. You know, ISIS went all across the Middle East when they were on their rampage and they were destroying historical monuments. They were destroying historical monuments. They desecrated the grave of, of Job, went in there and there and destroyed all that stuff in there. Uh, the big, huge, uh, you know, weapons of war that giants had obviously used at one time or another. They destroyed all that stuff. They destroyed all the ancient documents and stuff like that, the writings on the walls, the tablets. They destroyed everything because they were basically rewriting history. And was that for the good of the people, for the bad of the people? Whose job was they, who was they doing that for? Why were they destroying history? And we see the same thing here in, in America where they get all these people, you know, and I'm not saying I agree with some of the things that, that this country has allowed or stood for in years past. I sure don't. But we would not be here if they had not done the things that they'd done. We must understand that. But at the same time, I do not, uh, you know, I'd have probably been along with Davy Crockett and some of those guys and stood against Andrew Jackson about the, what, what he did to the American Indians. Now, would we be the country we are today if we had not done that? Probably not. Uh, you know, uh, Abraham Lincoln, everybody remembers him as a, uh, you know, one of the greatest presidents the United States ever had. Basically, he bankrupted the United States, the country, and started the United States Corporation. And to me, he's he, Abraham Lincoln is a tyrant. <laughs> you know, uh, if you look at history, Abraham Lincoln was a tyrant. He wasn't uh, a great, great president. And that'll probably get me banned off YouTube now. And you know, they've went back and they've destroyed all the things. You know, you know, slavery was a terrible thing. It was a terrible, terrible thing. But they've made the entire civil war about that when it was originally about states' rights. And you know the power of the states and the power of local governments outweighed that of the federal government. And they that's all switched roles now. But, and, and they've went back and they've re they've erased all these ancient figures, these, you know, these people in there, you know, that basically built our nation, you know, all these historical monuments, they tore them down and, and stuff, just like what they did to some of the stuff in the middle East and the rewriting history. So is some of this stuff that we're seeing them just rewriting history and changing it so that we can, you know, for, for their purpose, you know, just to think, well, you know, it used to be that, but it ain't that way no more. Just accept it. This is the way it is. And maybe it's some kind of psychological warfare against us to make us be more accepted of said realities, you know, Maybe they're pushing realities on us, or maybe they're going to push things on us that we may or may not agree with. So therefore, uh, we'll just make it part of your daily lives. We'll change everything and make you question yourself, question your judgment, question everything you know. That's my theory on it. I don't think it's CERN opening up a different universe or creating a new timeline. I think it is human manipulation and a psychological operation what do you think 
Yeah, or like I said, people can just mismemorize stuff, right? I mean, but, I mean, the U.S. and other countries, I'm sure Canada and I'm sure European countries have also kind of erased history as they went. You know, they never tell the full story. They tell the story of the winning side. You know what I mean? It's kind of like... It's kind of like Star Wars, right? I'm going to use that as an example, not to be too political, right? Um, it's kind of like Star Wars. You you think the Rebels are the good guys just just because of the on the losing side and they're the, the team of the Jedis and all that kind of stuff. In reality, the economy of the galaxy is in better hands under the uh, Republic. Not the Republic, the, uh, the Empire, right? Exactly. Yeah, right. they, they, have, they have a better economy. Uh, people... People were starving. People were slaves. There was less slavery going on under the Empire's control over than what the actual clones are. You know what I mean? The the stormtroopers, I guess. They're not clones now. But, like, even that, like, cloning people into uh, more so or less enforcing them, enslaving them to be clones, uh, sending them to be, you know, just getting off on a tangent here. Is in my opinion, history has slowly been changed by the winner, right? It's the story. Yeah. Yep. Who knows what's really going on? Is it the Mandela effect, or or is it just people just not memorizing stuff, or or like you said, the the Queen song, "We Are the Champions." Uh, you you, mem- you you remember it being of the world at the end, and like I said, I don't remember it having that. But like I said, I we grew up in different times. It might have been of the world back when you was a little boy. You're three generations removed from memory. You're three generations removed. Now we're talking about the humanity of man and the feebleness of man now. But say, you know, uh, Great-grandpa Tatum, great-grandpa Piercy, uh, great-grandpa Guffy, great, uh, great-grandpa Hurt. You probably don't re- – you won't – the only one you got to meet would have been great-grandpa Hurt, and you all was very little then. He, he passed away at 92. But, see, you don't remember him, so you don't have no connection to him or his stories, Right. No, you have some connection to your grandpa Davis because your great grandpa Davis, because of the stories told you, and great grandpa Piercy, because the stories told you by me and your grandpa and your great grandpa. But you know, when we're gone, Logan was the last child to meet him. And he was just a baby when he passed away. As long the same as Grandpa Piercy. You all, the first great-great-grandparents, you all had to pass away was great-grandma Piercy. And uh, then great-great-grandpa Hurt for you all. So, and I don't even know if you all remember great-great-grandma Piercy or not, but... You see, we're three generations away from from everybody forgetting us. Unless you do something great, something significant that stands the test of time. So it is very easy to rewrite history 
in 50 years, you can change history. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because, you know, they say all generations, I don't know what they say a generation is in the Bible, but technically a generation for us is 10 to 20 years apart. Okay. Uh, There's like 18, 20 years difference between me and dad. There's 18, 20 years difference between him and his dad. There's 18 to 20 years difference between him and his dad. You see what I'm saying? Yep. Then there's, and between me and Logan, which is the start of your generation, there is 18 years difference there. So, and just in 50 to 60 years, you can totally rewrite history and change what people believe and, and what people fundamentally believe and what people understand. Now, <clears throat> say you, you know, once you're gone, your kids, Hudson and all of them will never, other than Tatum being named after great-grandpa Davis, you all will not remember anything at all about him. You know, you see what I'm saying? Your kids will may never, even, other than Tatum being their uncle, I mean their cousin, they won't uh, – they won't remember anything at all about him, you know, and, and, and Hey, the great, our great grandkids, my great grandkids may never, may never remember anything about me either. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's the same way about history. You know, the civil war in the South used to be called the war of Northern aggression. And but now they call it the Civil War, you know, and uh, totally different. They just wanted to make their own country and split off from the United States and not have to uh, give up all their rights to the federal government. But you know, now we're taught that it's all kinds of other different things. So, and, and they lost, they lost a lot of their freedoms. Some gained massive freedoms, which is awesome, but others lost massive amount of freedom. Back to this video. Della effect. Do you remember Cruella Deville's coat with Dalmatian spots? Do you remember that? I'm sorry. Do you remember? Do you remember Cruella Deville's uh, coat having spots? Um, no, I think it was just black and white, right? One side was black so, and the other side was right. Uh, the other side was white, correct? That's the way I remember it too. But now in this video, they're saying that her coat had spots, is what they're remembering. And they're saying that her, uh, but her coat was solid white. But I remember it being two, two, uh, two colors like what you did. it never had spots. Pikachu with a black tail. Now I don't know nothing about Pokemon. Did Pikachu have a black tail? You and Logan boys was into that stuff, but I don't remember Pikachu. I don't remember. I don't really. I don't think I've ever really watched Pokemon to know. I I assume he has a black tail or a black stripe. I think right. He's uh, he's yellow and black, correct? Yeah, uh, there's toys with him having a black, but they're saying that he never really had that. It was always yellow. People say he's never had a black tail. The bucket list phrase wasn't around until the movie came out in the thousands. That's not true. The bucket list phrase was around longer than that. But I don't know. That's that's my Jordan Jumpman now has pants. 
I don't remember ever having pants. I remember having shorts. Mississippi no longer the longest river in the United States. Was the Missouri? What's that? So is the Missouri? The Missouri River is the longest river in the U.S. Correct? Well, that's what they're saying now. But I believe it's Missouri. always. I think it's always been the Missouri. I think it was always the Mississippi when I was a kid. It's always the Mississippi. Hmm. Now, the, the thing is, though, the Missouri River all flows into the Mississippi. Yeah. The, the Kentucky, all the rivers around here flow into the Mississippi. Uh, it's the watershed for the entire nation. The Ohio River, all the Great Lakes, everything empties out, empties out into the to the Mississippi River, one way or another. But like Kremlin River near us, empties out. So they could just change the name. Now, a while ago when I was watching this, getting ready for this thing, I asked Google what the uh, longest river in the United States is. Let me ask it again. I want you. I don't know if you can hear this or not. Okay, Google. What's the longest river in the United States? The Amazon River. I don't know if anybody hear that or not, but it says the Amazon River is the longest river in the United States now. The Amazon? And yes. I don't remember it ever being the Amazon. The Amazon's in South America, man. That's where yeah. all the anacondas are. What? That's nothing to do with the United States. Man, somebody's got messed up there. The Amazon River is not in the United States. You see? Yeah. So Google's saying that. Google don't know. Google's a bunch of fools, huh? Did you hear it? Did you hear it? Yeah, I, I heard it say Amazon. Yeah. Could, so you could hear it through the phone? Uh, not great. It's very... Uh, quiet that's for sure we got some messages coming through but uh that's the Bernstein Bears watch this this guy supposedly I don't know if I believe this you can't really see it on here good do you have they the comments turned off? They're off, but I, they're supposedly on. But they're not showing up. Top six most weird Mandela effects. But that guy supposedly walks into a bedroom, and he uh, his book changes from the E to the A, and then he walks back out and turns to the Obviously, CGI graphics on that. I mean, who are we kidding? Now, this is weird, though. This guy set this up with timestamps or something. I don't know. A reverse. You see that shadow? I don't get that. Where? 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 Where are the clouds? Where are the clouds? I don't oh. know. It could be one of those big Air Force jets cloaked or big balloon or something cloaked. But, uh, Mandela effects most 
trying to find that one. What is the Mandela effect? Okay. The Mandela effect. Now, this is one. I remember watching this. Same thing with this video. A lot of people remember the reporter being blonde. Um, I mean, I lower chances, you know, it's been, uh, it's been... <laughs> See, I remember there are a couple of people captured about the on camera, and it's the case with the thought police who have moved to, you know, to somehow through a parallel dimension. Yeah, I don't believe this. This will be recorded from the same video. She's blind. Officially. She was never blind, but ChatGPT remembers Emily Austin actually being the woman from this. I remember crime. watching that. So this is what so she was like. Uh, she was like in awe standing there of him. I remember watching some like watching the video when this happens, and uh, she's like in awe because she's right there interviewing this player. I don't know if she hadn't done a lot of interviews with famous people or what, but or maybe she was like. Uh, He's a superhero to her or something. I don't know, but she was like in awe of him, just all enamored with this guy. While she's while he's giving the interview, and he just whop turns around, catches that ball, man, headed right for her head, just like that. I remember watching the video, uh, and she was a blonde chick. It was that blonde chick there at the end, but now they've changed it. And they're saying that, that didn't happen. That could be more history rewriting itself. Now, this is odd. This is that phone they're talking about. I had one of these phones. I don't know if I can find it anymore. It is a Palm. The Palm phone. Jeff. Now, watch turning it on around. It says Jiffy on there. Now, they could easily be doing a recording with that. I don't know how they're doing it. CGI recording. Did you see that one, the one with the Jif peanut butter? Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah. When I was a kid, it seemed like it was Jiffy. Then all of a sudden it became Jif. I, I don't know if it really was or not. But uh, uh, there was a, a little jingle come out about the same time. And it went from, that I can remember when I was a child, a little bit of kid, and going from Jiffy to Jif. And, and I could have dreamed this up. I don't know. But there was a jingle come out, choosy moms, choose Jif, you know? And uh, now here's so the one, Lilo and Stitch, you was talking about. Lilo, Lilo and Stitch, because this is the version of Lilo and Stitch I have where she clearly hides in a dryer. Yeah, she hides She's in a dryer in and she pulls she out. On it. So I think someone's done some clever editing. Someone's yeah, I think they've done that because uh, people were putting kids in dryers or something. I think Disney just changed that on purpose. Did you have the one video I sent you? I guess it might be on Messenger. Of the astronauts? The moon landing? No. <clears throat> Let's finish up this Mandela, then we'll talk about that real quick. What do you think about, you know, what's your opinion of that little stitch? you think has Disney's changed that? Yeah, Disney, child safety. Yeah, Disney Plus. They change a lot of things for their shows. They, I, I think they change stuff in the Jungle Book and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, they, 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 they change it. And they try to go in there and they try to up the, um, well, what they call the, uh, the, the digital quality of the of the movie or the old show or whatever before they add it on the Disney Plus. 
Um, I, I don't know if they use AI or they actually go through and actually like re-edit stuff before they post it on the Disney Plus. But yeah, I I know that they uh, they go in and they change all that kind of stuff before they upload it. I don't know if they. Uh... Yeah, but I think they modernized it or something too. I think they're. I think they modernized things. I think they get to looking at this and think, okay, you know, back when you all were little, there was a lot of kids dying in in dryers, like I don't know, <clears throat> be home, home and seek, and for whatever reason, kids are, little kids are going and climbing the dryer, like playing hide and seek or something, and then the parent would come through, not rip, see the dryer off, and not thinking nothing about it, would restart it. You know, because you always have to dry your clothes two or three times, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, little kids getting killed in them, you know. It was cooking them, suffocating them to death in there. And uh, <clears throat> a lot of little kids died in dryers. I don't know how many, but, you know, there's probably a statistic out there. I don't know if I even know really for sure, but kids was getting injured anyway in these dryers. So, yeah, I think they changed that for that reason. I don't think that's necessarily a Mandela effect, and I don't blame them for changing that. That's something that needed to be, obviously needed to be changed, if you ask me. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely flow because we're getting stuck in dryers and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it's just not safe, you know, for little kids to be, be in there, you know, something like that going on. But, uh... Did you watch this video? I sent you a messenger. No, I, I didn't have time to check it out. Okay, I will play it now. Taking that historic first step and becoming the first man to walk on the moon. Yes, Timmy. Who shot that? What? Who shot that footage? What do you mean? Well, if Neil Armstrong was the first man on the moon, then who's holding the camera? Who's out there with the camera? No, no, I know what you're asking. I'm just. Could have been like a tripod or no, it's not. They used to say it was an arm on the moon lander uh, filmed it, you know, and they just turned it on or whatever. But uh, I don't believe that. Taking that historic. I, I don't believe that. I think uh, if it was filmed there on the moon, which I do not believe it was, because the radiation, lighting, and all that kind of stuff had been pitched dark there, probably, you know. Uh, how'd, they, how'd they film it? Okay, Google. Who was the first? Who was the guy that went with Neil Armstrong to the moon? Okay, was was Collins filming that from the? From the module in the orbit, or was, or did uh, uh, Buzz Aldrin get out there 
and um, filming, then climb back in there and let let uh, Neil film him coming out. Is that what they did? I mean, you know, I mean, who, who knows? You know, whatever they did, they did. It doesn't matter now. It's not worth the price of rice in China. But what do you think about that? Interesting question, though, isn't it? Yeah, I, I don't believe he went on his own, did he? I'm sure somebody was holding the camera. Well, see, that's what they're saying. They're saying that, you know, the camera's obviously not on the moon lander, okay? Okay. It's obviously not on the moon lander. So what the kid, the question that kid's posing to his teacher was, okay, who was, who was filming it? If Neil Armstrong's climbing down, he's the first man on the moon, and Buzz Aldrin is in the, in the lander, He's not come out yet. Who's who's there filming? Because you got to yeah. remember, this is broadcast. This is broadcast on live TV. I am not sure. I I've not seen the moon landing mo- uh, much. I I've glanced over it a couple times. I'm like, yeah, that's not real. Looks as fake. Look. <laughs> It'd be so much easier just to do something like that inside of a studio than it would be to actually go to the moon. And during the time of the Cold War where, you know, America and Russia, they were racing in China, too. There they was all three racing to get to the moon. And, um, yeah, I believe that they, they definitely filmed that all in the studio. So who knows? It might have been like a studio camera rolling around filming it. You never know. Conspiracy theorists say Stanley Krubik was filming it for him and through, using Disney technology. And it wasn't long after that they come out with the 2001. And then all the Star Wars films started coming out not long after all that. You had Star Trek. You had um, uh, 2001. You had uh, uh, Star Wars. All those all those shows come out not long after that. Of course, Star Trek was running, you know, yeah, back in the 60s and 70s. Well, I don't know. Okay, Google, what year did Star Trek come on TV? 1966. No, thank you. But uh, so Star Trek came out in 1966. Moon landing supposedly happened in 68. So they were already gearing people up to believe that this was possible, this is going to happen. Uh, Walt Disney was putting out all these space things, uh, all these movies with, with Warner Von Braun that was the head of the space agency, the Nazi scientists that come over from Germany. They were putting all this stuff out there, and you know they were, you know, they're really propping up the whole space race thing. You know, I don't know. It's over my pay grade, but you know, what what do you think? You think they really went? Uh, no. Or can you 
No. Or can you even say that? You may not even be allowed to say that. I don't know. But my opinion is they did not go. If they did go, they did not film it there. I'm not I'm not saying if, if it's possible. If it's possible, I'm sure America's went there since then, more likely. But I don't think we went in, went in them days. Mom wholeheartedly believed it until she went to the Smithsonian Institute and seen the moon lander and the the ship that supposedly went there too. And she said, there is absolutely no way, no way that thing went through space because it's nothing but, you know, like copper looking foil wrap and, uh, you know, some pieces of metal and uh, some cardboard. So it looks like anybody even climbed in it would fall right through it. She said there was no way anybody went there. And you have to remember, computers in those days were the size of a room, you know. They were the size of a shelf in a room, like a bookshelf in a room. That's how big computers were, even up and through the 80s, you know. It went up until, you know, like the invention of the home computer that, that uh, you know, computers started getting smaller. But, you know, it is what it is. I, I don't, I don't know. I just, I find it uh, very, very, uh, very, very strange. But then you have all these guys that say they were part of uh, secret military expeditions to Mars and everything else. And, you know, they write books on it and they give you very detailed experiences about it. So, so I don't know. But then you see pictures of Mars that can be, uh, uh, placed in deserts right here in here in the United States and some in parts of Europe and Canada, you know, that these uh, Mars rovers have supposedly been. So I don't know. It is what it is. Nothing we can do about it and prove about it. What say you? Did I lose you? No, you didn't lose me. I definitely... Definitely after like watching like a bunch of like failed rocket landings and failed rocket launches and all that kind of stuff. If or not rocket, but um, yeah, well, like even SpaceX, right? They they with all the funding that they have, like back in the day, maybe we could go to the moon now. Who knows? They claim that we can't. Um, no clue why. They never give us an actual reason why. I guess I just don't have the resources to, but you're telling me that they went up there in a, in a cardboard box with aluminum on it. Like, hey, you just, you can't fool somebody like that, man. You can't, at least you're not fooling me. I don't believe that we've went. Maybe we have. You, you, you never know. Um, and it's, it's like the whole uh, thing with the pictures of the outer space, right? When, when they claim that, oh, they've taken photos of Earth and all that kind of stuff. Then, then why are you CGIing it? Why is it all CGI? If you've got real photos of the Earth, but, oh, because it don't look as good. Like, show us the real photos. Don't just show us, you know, AI-generated images. Show us what the Earth actually looks like, right? Yeah, it's it's crazy. It don't it don't even look look the same. But you know, it's um. Uh, <laughs> you know, like that guy that that painted it or whatever was CGI. 
you know, he admitted that it was. He said, but it's got to be. He said, the earth is so big, it's got to be done that way. You can't possibly film it, you know. You can't possibly get a picture of it and, and see it. Well, here's what I want to know. If they can so easily task all these satellites that they're sending to all these other countries, I mean, other countries, uh, misspoke, all these other planets out there in the solar system, you know, check out these moons around Jupiter and Pluto and all these other places. When they're sending that sucker away from us, why can't it not get far enough away to get a good, accurate picture and send back to us? Or the Hubble telescope. Why can't they just flip that big bad boy around and look right back down here at us? Or why can't they just flip that around and look at the moon? Show us that, hey, that moon, that landing stuff's still there and the moon rover's still there and all that flag's still there. There is some evidence to this that they did uh, go there because they placed mirrors on the surface of the moon that you can shoot lasers off of supposedly and bounce back to you. And that's how we can measure the distance of the earth to the moon because it does change some. And that, as far as I know, is all the real evidence, you know, that's really there because supposedly those mirrors are there on the surface of the moon that they can shoot to and measure. But if they can hit a mirror with a laser from Earth on the moon, how could anybody really hide here on Earth anywhere? You couldn't really hide. I, I don't think they want people <laughs> to hide. You know what I mean? They don't want people to be scared of the government. They want you to love the government. You know what I mean? They want you to worship the government. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but, um, you know, that's just my thought. If they can really, if, but if they can really shoot a laser at the, at the moon and see it, why can't they uh, uh, put a video camera on it? Why can't they put a big telescope on it with camera, zoom right in up there and show us those landers up there, show us the, the, uh, uh, flag whether it's still standing or fell over or whatever how be it whatever you know let us see where they actually landed that's that's my question but you know these are all questions that'll never be answered because you know we're nobodies you know so <laughs> but you know uh, it, it is fascinating to wonder about you know it's fascinating to question uh they claim that the reason why we never went back is because we destroyed that technology and we don't have the means to rep uh, recreate it now, which I find hilarious. Really, I find it hilarious because I, I don't, I don't buy that for one minute. What say you? Yeah, no. If we don't have the technology now, we definitely didn't have the technology then, right? Definitely with all the resources that we've put in towards the Cold War. Yeah, currently we we have the most resources compared to definitely most of the other countries in the world, but um, we definitely have more resources now than what we did back in the day. So if we couldn't make it back in the day, who's to say that we, you know, if we, if we can't make it today, who's to say that we couldn't make it back in the day, right? 
Yeah. yeah. We have we have far more technological advances today than what we did in the sixties. So oh, if we so if we can make it now, why could we make it then? You know? But now people were smarter then, okay? People were a lot smarter back then than what they are now because even me, I've dumbed down a lot because instead of storing facts up here or knowing how to research things like I used to, Google is right there. And like we said about rewriting history and rewriting facts and everything else a while ago, Google, Siri, Alexa, all these things can rewrite, rewrite information and spoon feed us information that may or may not be correct. Follow me. Well, I feel like I don't think Google's made people dumber. I think it's definitely made people uh, people's memorization skills weaker. I believe memorizing has became much more of a past thing because, like, even your passwords for your phone and stuff like that, you can have all that stuff saved. As in, uh, back in the day, right? You just have to memorize that kind of stuff. Like they've made it so easy for us just to find everything that we needed the touch of the finger. Like even dating now, right? Like dating is just a touch of a finger. Um, they, they just made it everything so easy and everything so intertwined and interconnected. Um, definitely like going on to that dating aspect of it too, right? Like people have no social skills nowadays, right? It seems, it's seen as weird if you go up and start talking to somebody. I mean, I'm married, and you've had successful relationships in your past. It's just, um, I, I feel like, I don't know if it's the government's doing or if it's just this big, these big companies that just gotten too big for their own good. They've made people's lives so easy to the fact that nobody has that drive to get out and learn or to do anything to better themselves. Degrees of separation, we're all separated. The, the community, the family unit, the communities have essentially all collapsed. Very few people, families get together and socialize on Facebook or over text messages now. Um, as far as dating, most of the time you see people dating. And okay, I won't say this as an example, okay? Um, certainly not the lady I'm dating now. I'm getting more messages from you guys and from the family group chat than, than uh, uh, you know, and a lot of times I'll, my phone will be sitting there going off the deep end, uh, you know, with the family group chat or, or, or messages from you all while I'm on a date. And she doesn't, she doesn't touch her phone the entire time. I don't even see her phone. But in times past, other people I've been on dates with, they have, uh, uh, and that's, that's a great thing. That's, that makes this girl special to me that she doesn't do that. But, um, uh, the girls in the past I've noticed and I've noticed watching other couples around me, they don't really talk to one another. They are sitting there on their stinking phones the whole time. You know, they'll be on a date with somebody, but they got somebody else over there in their DMS, you know? And uh, last night when the family was, was chatting me up, I, I laid my phone over there right next to her. That way when we lit up, she could see who was 
who was talking to me and who was messaging me uh, <clears throat> because, and I, I just kind of left my phone sitting there. I didn't want to, I, I believe in openness in a relationship and, and it's not a relationship. I mean, it's just a date, but, but I'm just saying uh, people don't know how to communicate with one another and you need to learn to talk to one another. I think that's the reason why we have so many breakups and divorces. People aren't talking to one another. People aren't getting their needs met and they're not, because they're not able to express themselves and say what they need, you know. And so people don't know how to meet those needs. You, you see what I'm saying? And people don't know how to communicate. You don't know how to go up and talk to a girl and ask her out, crack a few jokes with her, you know, flirt with her a little bit, tease her a little bit. You know, you got to you got to be playful, you know, but you got to be serious, but you also have to be a little bit playful, you know, to get a girl's attention. And excuse me, I'm burping, but, uh, uh, you know, you got to be able to, uh, you got to be able to interact with people. And you see that a lot of times too, at family dinners, everybody's sitting around on their phones, you know, instead of actually talking to one another. And, and I've been guilty for it myself, you know, I've been guilty for it, be uh, into it with the ex-wife and be drugged somewhere where I didn't want to have to, you know, she was fussing and fighting and she wanted me to go in there and act like, you know, everything was rosy, you know, not really fussing and fighting, but like we were, we were at odds with one another over certain things, you know, and I was supposed to just go in there and pretend like it's all sunshine and rainbows. So people know me know that. Once I'm mad, I'm pretty mad. <laughs> I just don't just turn it off instantly. You know, snap your fingers. It's not a face I put on or take off. I, I am what I am. So a lot of times I would sit there on my phone. You know, I would sit there and bury myself on my phone and try to forget the things that's going through my head, you know, trying to distract myself. But, you know, that having said, you know, your 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 generation, my generation is learning to cope with it somewhat and snap back out of this because we've been sucked in it as well. We're we're more online, and some of us are starting to remember the good old days when all the cousins and all the family got together, went over to grandma's and ate dinner and and stuff like that. Now, if you eat dinner, you go out to eat. You don't go over to grandma's and cook where everybody cooks and brings a dish or anything like that after church on Sunday anymore like we used to. Or grandma can't afford to cook for 40 people anymore like what she used to, you know. But you you wasn't raised up with that as much, you know. So that's, that's stuff that's gotten away from your generation. So you didn't grow up learning to socialize or interact or have to get along with people, you know. You didn't... Uh, you know, you didn't grow up with all your uncles and cousins and stuff teasing you about how skinny you were, you know, or look at those chicken legs, you know, stuff like that that I had. You know, I had to, I had to learn with, you know, with some mocking and bullying and stuff like that from, from my family members, and that helped me cope with it when I went to school. And now you don't see that. And kids get bullied at school, they go off the deep end because they don't know how to deal with it. They never had to socialize. I mean, me and kind of grew up with that. We had – you know, we had like five other siblings. We we knew what it was like to you know be picked with and played with and called names and stuff like that. 
Um, no, we didn't grow up with the you know lunch at grand uh, grandma's on Sunday because you know our grandparents didn't really they didn't really do that kind of stuff and and now they just eat little Caesars every night for dinner. Um, <laughs> little Caesars, yeah. But um, yeah, no, we didn't grow up with that kind of stuff, and you know it, it'd been nice to have grown up with that kind of stuff, but. Like you said, I guess times are changing and people are changing and all that kind of stuff. And um, my own, I only think it's like a generational problem too. I think there's a lot of separation in families now. Like I mean, the families to be tight knit because money is hard to come by and they relied on each other. Nowadays, people are self reliant. They don't rely on their family as much as once you know as they once did, right? Like. I don't know. I see things getting a lot tighter, and I think I think things are worse now than, and they're about to get a lot worse. I think p- things are about to get like worse than the Great Depression. Worse. That's just my understanding of the economy and my understanding of the markets and how things happen. You know, I just that's that's just my understanding. I think uh, everybody says old oh, money is too easy to come by all this stuff, but I'm I'm thinking that it's. Uh, you know, times are about to change. They're about to be a rude awakening for everybody. My my personal opinion. I would hope not. You know, I would like to see the market slowly drop and allow an opportunity for people who need to purchase homes or or people who do need to um, or who are struggling with money right at the time to eventually find themselves out of that hole. Uh, all you can do is just hope and pray. That the worst is not coming. And the worst is yet to come, and the worst is on its way. Hopefully not. Hopefully times get better before they ever decide to get worse. But I think this is we're on that traject that trajectory to where they are probably heading down in that that direction. In my opinion, right. Yeah, yeah, I wish things was like that, but very seldom do we get things in life where we really want them to be. Unfortunately. Do you ever get a hold of Caleb and see if he's going to um, hop on? Uh, he's never answered me back. He's got to be at, he's got something he's got to be at in, a, in an hour or so. So I doubt he hops on. He said he was going to, but I, mean, I sent the invitation to both, both of you. But he's, he's never joined. I don't. He <laughs> he said the Mandela effect, Dad. I don't believe in that crap. I said, good, good. I said we need a skeptic on. We need a skeptic to uh, to challenge uh, to challenge the things you know that we come up with because it's good. It's good to have a point of view. You don't. Everybody don't have to agree with things. You know. I don't have to agree with everything you think. You don't have to agree with everything I think. And, uh, you know, it's everybody's got this mindset that everybody needs to be a collective and believe exactly the same way. And that's just not how we're individuals and we need to be individuals. We need to be respect ourselves as individuals and respect our ideas. Be open to learn something new. Be open to growth. Be open to change. But at the same time, you need to, uh, know what you believe and why you believe it, but also understand that the truth, we don't know nothing and that we, uh, uh, 
and we all have, you know, we can all learn new, new information is what I'm trying to say. You know, if today you believe that this uh, cup is made out of stainless steel and you believe that wholeheartedly, but then you test it and you come across new information that tells you that this cup is aluminum. No, I think it is stainless steel, but anyway, you know, tomorrow you learn that that's, that the, you know, that the that cup is actually aluminum, then you know it's aluminum, so you change your mind, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you don't say, okay, I know this cup's aluminum, but I've believed it's stainless steel for years, and I'm going to stick to my story. <laughs> you don't do that, you know. But uh, mm. in some things we, we grow, and we learn how to communicate better and learn how to uh, uh, understand people better, listen better, and and uh, we grow and we change. But you know, you used to talk about dating and how this has changed. Of course, you don't need to worry about that no more. You're married, and uh, but but you know, dating has changed at the swap of a button. It's changed. Uh, it's changed. It's changed. Uh, uh, you know, dating has changed by you know by the swap of a. You know, by the swap of your finger, the swap of your thumb, they like you, you like them, and you go hang out for, you know, whatever, however. And, uh, but, do the, but do people really talk on dates nowadays? You know, mom was, I was trying to find someplace nice to, or something to go do with this girl, and I said, I think I want to take her hiking. And uh, mom's like, why would you want to go hiking? And I said, well, you know, I don't want to. I want to go do something. I can actually talk to her and spend time with her and learn uh, who she is and things about her. Well, why not just go to a movie? I said, you can't learn nothing in a movie. You go in there and you sit down and you be quiet, you know, and you, you watch the movie, you know, you go to the movie to watch a movie. You don't, I mean, it's okay to take a girl who you've been dating on a movie, you know, but just to go watch a movie on a date. I mean, you don't get to know her, you know, uh, eating, take her out to a meal, a good, not you know, somewhere you can sit down and you can take your time and you have to spend, sit there looking at her and talking to her and communicating with her. That's a, you know, that's a, that's a good thing, you know, but women connect with you through talk. You know, I'll tell you, you know, they, they got to talk to you and they got to communicate with you. And that's how they build a bond with you. And, so many times we are limiting those reactions to a text message or to a swap. And, you know, I'm just saying the new ways ain't better than the old ways. Yeah, I, I agree. But uh, we, we kind of got off there on the, uh, the, on the discussion of that. Uh, what do you what do you what do you think about the um, the fights last night? Did you get to experience those? No, I did not watch them. There was an update on uh, on YouTube when I pulled it up this morning. To look at the headlines. I get most of my news from YouTube because I do not watch Fox. I do not watch CNN. I do not watch any of that garbage that they pump out to you. Um, but um, I did. Uh, I did see an update, and there was some dude got knocked out or something. I don't know. I didn't get to watch it. Uh, 
tell us about it. Did you watch the fights? I I watched bits and pieces of it. I, well, um, I watched the main event. The main event was pretty good. It was against Tyson Fury and Francis Ngannou. Ngannou, former heavyweight champion, coming over from the UFC. He, um, he fought out his last contract against Cyril Ghan, and uh, he... I think he lost the fight to Shrogan. So if he's losing the fight to Shrogan, in my opinion, he definitely lost the stand-up to Shrogan. Shrogan did outland Francis Ngannou. And Francis did get the takedown in the second and the uh, – not the second. Francis got the takedown on Shrogan on the third and fourth round. And then Shrogan um, uh, went for a uh, his own takedown in the fifth round. And um, – he kind of got reversed. But uh, in my opinion, Cyril Gunn won that fight. But Francis Ngannou and Tyson Fury, they boxed last night. And um, the world's going crazy because everybody believes that Cyril Gunn, not Cyril Gunn, uh, Francis Ngannou won the, the boxing match. Uh, they say fight. I say they're not fighting. They're boxing. Uh, fighting and boxing is two different things, in my opinion. Um so yeah, uh, Francis Ngannou he got the knockdown in the fourth round. Um, Tyson Fury came back and won the fight. Quotations won because I also believe that Francis won the the boxing, uh, the stand up. I I think Francis looked more composed. He looked um, he looked like the one who landed the harder shots. Fury couldn't even land his jab. Well, so is Tyson Fury versus who? Delusia? Delusia again. You there, Connor? You are gone. You are gone. You are gone. Oh, there you are. Uh, I was texting you, telling you I lost you. Are you are you back, or or, or we just lose you? I think you lost me because I'm I'm connected back. Um, but yeah, I, I in my opinion, Tyson, um, he was landing, um, he was landing a couple of his backhands, but he couldn't land the jab. He definitely, in my opinion, he definitely landed the um, the weaker shots out of the two, and so I believe that Francis Ngannou did win the fight. Uh, the judge who gave it. Um, I think there was a judge that that um, gave Tyson uh, there's ten rounds. I think he gave Tyson eight rounds and Francis two. That 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 judge or that yeah, so that judge needs to be fired in my opinion. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, the the fights were fun. Yeah, I, I didn't get to watch them. I seen, I seen, uh, you know, like I said, the thing on YouTube this morning, but I didn't, I didn't watch it. I, I just didn't take time to watch it. But um, you know, I, I didn't get to watch. Did you have any money riding on these? No, no, I didn't. I didn't even have time to um, watch the undercard or anything. I was on the road for the most part. I just trying to. Uh, see, see the fights the best I could before I had to uh, um, 
Yeah, I was just trying to watch the fights the best I could while I was on the road. It was kind of hard just glancing over, and I came back, and I watched replays of them. If I can find that photo of uh, of you guys in the in the, my old uh, – I think one of y'all had my old ball cap or my old uh, toboggan on, and, and one of you had on my boxing gloves when you all were little. I think I'm going to post that as the – as a thumbnail to this one, you, you guys, that was one of my favorite pictures of you guys, my boxing gloves and, and that. I've been spending, since uh, no one's here, I've been spending a lot of time hitting hitting your all's heavy bag. I've been wearing that thing out here lately. But uh, uh, I've noticed I've I've lost a step as an old man. <laughs> I, I've lost a step. And when I fell at the, when I fell at, at, at Prairie Farms that last time, I done something to my right shoulder. My right shoulder is not exactly right, uh, not like it was. Most of my power is coming from my left, not my right anymore. So, uh, I've lost something. You know, lightning and thunders. I guess just uh, you know, heat lightning now. Or <laughs> it really, it really no strike no more not like it used to be i used to be able to i don't know how many times i tore the heavy bag out of the ceiling at the other house I, I, you know i'd hit it so much i'd tear it plumb down from the rafters it was hanging on the chains and you know i, I just ain't got that kind of power no more like i used to have even though i'm, I'm, I'm bigger maybe all it's got to do with speed too i don't know but, yeah, power is not really decisive on your size, right? Like if I went and I hit the heavy bag, I would um, uh, I always got a very high score. I always got into the 900s and I, my weight is not as high as what uh, some of those guys who hit that bag. Um, it's, it's timing too. Timing um, and power is very important when it comes to um, uh, landing a powerful shot. Uh, timing and speed, I mean, uh, timing and speed is yeah. what is what it takes to land a very hard shot. Um, it, definitely timing, speed, and um, precision. A lot of people don't think it matters, but where you land and how you land your punch does matter, right? That that um, that definitely uh, and and. and not as much like landing a punt, uh, hitting a punching bag or something like that, but um, but yeah, I, in my opinion, right, size doesn't always mean you're gonna have a strong punch. There's a bunch of um, heavyweights that don't seem to have strong, strong hands. Um, really? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, it is what it is. Like, uh, there's guys like Steve Miocic who couldn't knock out a, couldn't knock out a fly. Um, <laughs> your, your cousin Ronnie's asking me if I ever had it or did I just think I had it <laughs> have what huh have what did I ever have did I ever have any power or did I just think I had some power oh okay <laughs> it was yeah um yeah, he's messing with me. But uh uh got a call coming in. 
Who is it, Granny Betty? How'd you know? Yeah, because she just called me and I just let her go. Yeah, she's she's calling me too. But um, but yeah, uh, 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 <clears throat> yeah, I'll, I'll use that picture if I can find it. I found an extra pair of boxing gloves here. I found some green ones and some white ones. I didn't know if, which one was your all's and if you need me to send them to you or anything. Uh, of course, I don't know if y'all have a place to even hit the heavy bag out, out there or not. Oh, I do. Yeah. If you want to send it out here, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind yeah. having it, to be honest. Yeah. What What are you? Which gloves was yours? The the camo green or the or the, uh, white the digital ones? white? Yeah, digital white. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be sending them to you with with your Bible and some stuff. But uh, <clears throat> um. Yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to watch the fights. Uh, I missed having that one heavy bag that had the speed bag on it. That speed bag was complicated. I was trying my best to learn it and never could master it. I've I done okay, but I never got great at it at all by any means. But um, what, Whatever happened to it, did you sell it, I believe, right? Yeah, I had to sell it because it wouldn't even fit on the back porch. We couldn't even stand it up on the back porch. It was so big and and the ex-wife didn't want it in the house. Of course, if I know that, uh, you know, I had that thing longer than I had her. <laughs> yep. If I know that she was going to uh, uh, jump ship, I, I guess I should have just kept hung on to that. Hey, guys, let that be a lesson to you. You know, hang on to your stuff, even if you have to put it in storage. You know, because now you go back and try to buy something like that, it's going to be, Four or five hundred bucks, you know, to go buy one now. A heavy bag and win a stand like that with your bags and everything. I'm sure. I, I don't know what they are. I don't, I don't know what the price of them are now. But, um, <clears throat> uh, somebody's messaging me. Let's see what it is. But, uh, <clears throat> We look at the price of one now, what the price of a heavy bag is. What's the price of an Everlast heavy bag stand? 162 for just the stand, 285 for the stand, the bag. If that don't have everything. Uh, I'm trying to find one like what we had with the, there it is. Two ninety nine. What did I say? Dick Sporting Goods. Is that that's the dual bag stand? Is that just the stand bags included or not? Oh, I'm sure it is. I think the bags are included in that. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they would be. Does it show the bags being with the stand? It should say. It should say. It just says power core, dual bag, and stand. I guess it is dual bag. I guess. So it's uh, two ninety nine. I was a little off. I said three to. I think I said four or five hundred dollars. So it's it's only three hundred dollars now. So it hasn't really went up that much. It's not really changed in price that much. So. 
Yeah, it's not really changed that much. What's this say on there? Let me enlarge it. But yeah, it's it's the bags come with that. Full product details. <laughs> but um <clears throat> Are you texting? Who, me? No. Yeah. I could for, sound like you was texting somebody. But no, I, uh, so that right there would be a pretty good, uh, pretty good investment, I would say. 300 bucks for another heavy bag. Stand. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I've lost um, you. No, I'm, I'm still here. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, barely. So what um, do you think? Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I was going to ask another question. No, go ahead. Ask it. Um, so you, you, see, you, see the, um, you see what's going on in the world, right? Like, like the tensions between... Uh, all these other countries and stuff like that, and um, but the, a lot. What a lot of people are not talking about was the, the good stuff that's going on in the world. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff going on in the world. What do you have? You seen anything? You know anything that you you know you think that's going on better than what it was when you was a child growing up? Or uh, everybody talks about the negatives, man. No one ever talks about the good stuff. Mm. I really don't know of any positives, to be honest with you. Let's see, because I'm not, I'm not been thinking about any of the positive stuff. Uh, <laughs> I, I can tell you one positive thing right now. Go ahead. I can go down. I can go down here and get tacos anytime I want to. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a positive. For now, I can go down here and get tacos anytime I want to. Now, back when uh, COVID was going, you know, you was only limited one hamburger or something. No, they're not even a double at that. But, but um, I think you could still get some tacos. But yeah, I can go get tacos anytime I want right now. That's a positive for me. I like tacos. But um, Andrew Tate's out of jail. That's a positive. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I agree. Did you see the thing with the judge? Oh, which one? Holy cow. Caleb just sent me a message. About? I don't know that I should put it on there. To be honest with you. Oh, message. Huh? Oh, he message. sent a message. I, I, I'll have to tell you this privately. 
I'll just set it. I'll just have to tell you this privately. This is in the family group chat. Uh, uh, yeah, it's a picture of, of something that looks pretty bad. I'll, you'll just have to look at that. It's in the family chat group. But um, <clears throat> back to this. Uh, no, I can't play it, though. I was going to play this video of Trump and the judge talking. I don't know if it was real or not, but that judge was getting down the road, took him in the back room, told him he was lying to his people. and I mean, just really just basically told him to shut up in his courtroom and all kinds of stuff. It was uh, a pretty rough, pretty nasty, nasty thing. He, I mean, he just kind of chewed Trump up one side and down the other, told him not to talk about his clerk that way, not do this, not do that, and just really raked him over the coals. And then, uh, hey, Trump just kind of backing down and quieting not saying nothing back to him. And, and uh, supposedly it was leaked. I don't know if it was leaked or not, and I don't know if it's real or not. I don't know. I don't know if it's, um, you know, I don't know. <laughs> so many people are looking at Trump as being the next savior, you know, you know, because things were so good under him. And, you know, economically speaking, things are so good under him and been so wild out of proportion under under uh, uh, Biden, but you have to look back through time and see that all this stuff just keeps building and building and building and building and building. But yeah, we still have a lot of good things to be thankful for. Now, I woke up this morning. I'm thankful to be alive. Uh, you know, that's true. Uh, the, the happiest thing I have seen today is the grandkids doing that little dance on, on Facebook. That is the, <laughs> that's probably the happiest thing I've, I've seen today. But, um, you know, I can go to my refrigerator and get cold water. I don't have to go to the garden hose no more and wait for it to run out hot and then get, get the cold water. You know, I don't have to, uh, there's a lot of positives, you know, in the world today, you know, when that's true, but when, when you cut yourself, you put Neosporin on it and a Band-Aid, you don't have to put methylate on it or iodine and burn your, and then pour alcohol on it first and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you gotta, all now you really have to do is wash it out with soap and water and then put some Neosporin on it and Band-Aid and you're good to go. Back when I was a kid, man, they, they held you down. They they uh, poured alcohol on it to clean it. Then they poured uh, peroxide on it to boil it out. Then they poured more alcohol on it to clean it and disinfect it. Then they started smearing that iodine, that methylate on it. and <laughs> Man, that stuff burned and set you on fire. <laughs> but uh, that's what they did to you back in the old days when I was a kid. They burnt you up. So, yeah, there's a lot of positives today that we didn't have several years ago. Um, you know, you got to eat it by mosquitoes. 
your mom ran around putting that pink goo on you. So then all you did, you just scratched off the pink goo because that pink goo didn't really work. No. And now you put sanitizer on it, you know, and that, that works. Hand sanitizer really works, believe it or not. I got eat up in Vermont by those mosquitoes. I, I took that hand sanitizer, man. It, it helped. It, it helped. It really did. Uh, dishwashers. Man, I, I, there's a lot to be thankful for, you know. A lot of, uh, but I mean, you're looking at positives in the world. What do you see as positives in the world? The internet? Oh, the internet's a good positive. And um, on top of that, the, the internet's a good positive. I, uh, media, media lies sports. You get to watch sports whenever, however you want to watch. Um, you got to think uh, air conditioning's probably nice. <laughs> um, oh yeah, definitely. Of course, you didn't know about it, Matt. When I was a kid, you didn't know about air conditioning, so it didn't really bother you. But, but yeah, that's true. Huh. Ronnie said another positive was no party lines. Do you know what a party line is? No clue. What is that? Okay, a party line was before cell phones, before all this stuff. We had party lines, and no one had an individual. Everybody had an individual phone number but everybody shared a line. So everybody on our street or a bunch of them on our street would have had a party line. We'd all be on the same line. So like uh, if you need to use the phone, uh, you know, you might need to use it, but the neighbor two doors down might be on the phone talking to somebody, you know, and that's just the way it was. You had to wait for somebody else to hang up before you got to use it. Everybody had to kind of wait in line. And then, you know, you had young teenagers courting like I was. I burnt the phone up when I was a kid. I burnt that phone up talking to those little girls. <laughs> and they burnt the phone up talking to me too. So, you know, then and, and my neighbors, bless their hearts, they'd all pick up the phone, listen, and be like, oh, somebody's listening. Somebody's eavesdropping on us. You know, but, yeah. but it wasn't like that. They were just wanting the phone. You know, they didn't care about, a, you know, 10 or 12 year old kids conversation. They was wanting the phone. I was tying up the line. They had somebody, something important to say to somebody. And I was just courting, you know, chasing, chasing little girls. But uh, that's the way it went, you know. But yeah, party lines. And that's true. Then you had little old women get on there and gossip with one another, and, and somebody hear the phone, uh, somebody call your grandma, and she get on there and she be talking. You know, I'm talking about my great grandma, but uh, and she'd be talking to somebody, and they'd be a gossiping. Then you know, one of the neighbors would pick up the phone, and she'd get in on it. And next thing you know, the whole party line is on there gossiping all those little old women on there talking. So a positive thing. <laughs> And it may not be a real positive thing, but for a lot of ways, a positive thing is not having party lines anymore. That is a very, very positive thing. But, uh, uh, but what can you think of? What I mean, there's been a lot of stuff changed since you all was kids. Now, you know, you don't have to order video games no more. I mean, you don't have to wait for them to come out in the store and get a disc and take them home and, and put that in. Now you just, you know, you can constantly upgrade your game. It's sent right to you. Just get it online. 
there's a lot of positives in gaming, you know. Used to, we had one cartridge and, you know, it took a years for, for a game to come out, it seemed like. You just had one cartridge and you stuck it in there and you played basically the same level over and over and over and over. It got a little bit harder for like two or three levels and after that, it was pretty much start all over again. Or it actually sped up and got so fast that you couldn't even play it, you know, that the controls wouldn't work enough for you to play it. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of positives in the world. You know, uh, you know, a lot of positives in the world. So what, what do you think about the whole alpha male type of deal, right? What, what, do, you, what do you think about that? I think it's just you, uh, you think the new alpha male, you know, like the top Gs and the alpha male vibe is what men should become, right? Because I feel like a lot of men are now weak, weak nowadays, uh, scrawny, little uh, weak-minded, feminist. Um, what, do you, what do you think about that? When it comes to the whole alpha male vibe, you, you think that men should follow the alpha male vibe over uh, the whole, you know what I mean? I think, I think Andrew Tate's top G is a character that he is playing for attention to bring, to bring attention to his brand. And that's exactly what I think. Because I guarantee you, you walk into any room and the bully is going to be the guy in there who probably hasn't been put in this place, but he's going to be the loudest guy in the room. And the guy you need to fear the most when you walk in the room is the quietest guy in that room. Because the quietest guy in that room, unless he's extremely feminine, he is uh, he's probably the one that gets you. Oh, I, disagree. you disagree? I disagree. You disagree? I disagree. Yeah, I think- with that. I think the guy you should fear the most is the biggest guy in the room. You go in there and no. not the biggest, but the, um, I'd say the more uh, tougher look when you, you know, you, you go into a room and you look around and you just see like a bunch of like little emo kids. There's nobody to fear there. Right. Um, you go a bunch of ragheads with the big bushy beards that, that, that would scare me anyway. Um, yeah. Hey, that's that's just how it is, right? You gotta um, no. Yeah, look, no. you gotta look what's in there, man. You gotta compare and contrast your your opportunity. But here's the thing, man. You gotta be the alpha. You can't be scared of nobody else when you walk in a room, man. You gotta be the biggest man in the room. You gotta look at somebody and be like, "Yeah, man, I I don't care how big you are. I don't care what you look like." I, I'm the tougher man. You know what I mean? That that's that's the mindset you need. That's the mindset you must have, and that's the alpha mindset. You can't go in there and be the quietest man in the room and expect to um, ha- have things go your way, right? Definitely in a room with a bunch of loud people. Um, that's probably a ring you don't want to be in. Uh, be honest with you. And you talk about the biggest man in the room. You, you and your brother, you're, you're small. You might be strong and lift lift a lot of heavy weights, but you're still small frame guys. I guess it doesn't matter when you know how to fight, though. 
that that doesn't matter when it comes in that context. Like even 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 exactly. a one twenty five er man like Demetrius Johnson, if you put him up against a two hundred and sixty pound Bradley Martin, he's gonna go and then he's gonna strangle him with his bare hands and Bradley Martin's not gonna be able to do nothing about it. When I say the biggest man in the room, I'm not saying the biggest, broadest, six, seven, uh, 500 pounds of solid steel. I, I'm talking about uh, the biggest heart, the big, uh, the strongest mindset when it comes to um, that. That you you look for veteran tags, you, you all that kind of stuff. You know, you you want to be when it comes to something like that. You want to be, um, you want to be um, not shy. You want to stand your ground, but you also, it's mostly coming to the time of trying to attract women, right? Like a lot of people, they don't understand that women don't like little weak men. They like alpha guys, right? And you, you know that. You're, I, I believe you're an alpha male of some sort, and you might not believe yourself as one, but. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't worry about those sort of things, but uh, I am what I am, and that's what I am, and it is what it is. I, I don't worry about a lot of that nonsense like that, that mindset. Uh, I believe that men do need to be true to themselves. I don't believe that masculinity is a curse. I grew up on John Wayne and stuff like that. I believe right's right and wrong's wrong, and that's the way you are to live and you know, God's good and the Bible's right and every man's a liar and you know, and that's just that's just the way it is. Uh I believe you treat people the best you can, but you don't let people treat you poorly at the same time. Um I don't really I think all the labels and stuff is, is very uh I, I think a lot of that's just uh, bullcrap tactics to be honest with you. I don't hold any stock or value anything like that or what they saying are right possibly to some degree uh because you know there was movies that i grew up on john wayne stuff like that there was movies that john wayne was uh loud in and obnoxious and really and there was movies where he was uh the quite strong reserve type too you know, like the quiet man, you know, he was a fighter. He uh, accidentally killed a guy in the ring. He moved back to his home country in Ireland. I mean, he was an American, but he moved back, I guess, to his daddy's place in, in Ireland and, and uh, the old family cottage and fixed it up and found him a woman and ended up having to fight her. Uh, uh, he was trying to live peaceably and, and his, uh, you know, have you ever seen The Quiet Man? No. You need to watch this. It's a great movie. Quiet Man's a great movie. You would like it. And anyway, the last part of the movie, you know, his wife starts losing respect for him because he won't go whoop his whoop her brother for a little bit of money that that you know that she said was her dowry, that was her promise to her for him marrying her, that he was supposed to give, you know, money that her dad would have gave to her, you know, when she got married. And her brother refused to give it to him. And he's like, man, I'm I'm rich. I don't I don't need his money. I don't want his money. I don't need it. But it caused his wife to lose respect for him because he would not stand up to her brother and get it. 
So what did he have to do? He ended up going and whipping her brother all over town. They had a big old fight all over town, through the fields, into the bar, got him a drink, fought back outside the bar. The, the Catholic priest and the Methodist preacher or bishop or whatever was taking bids on who was going to win. And, I mean, it's, it's a good movie, good hearted movie, in a way, but it had a good message to it. There's nothing wrong with being a warrior in a garden, you know. Know how to take care of yourself, know how to handle yourself, but be peaceful. Be a peaceful person. We also know how to make war when you have to. But, you know, you can't uh, live so peaceful that you lose the respect of your wife and the people that, that care about you. you. Those women have to know that that you'll take up for yourself and that that you'll take up for them. Because if you won't take up for yourself, you won't protect them. And that is that will make women lose respect for you and lose attraction to you the quickest of anything. So you got to set your boundaries. And, you know, if that means you're an alpha male or whatever, no, I think that's just being a man, <laughs> doing what a man's supposed to be. You know, uh, you, know you got all this betas and sigmas and alphas and boss babes <laughs> you know what I mean and it's just all labels and nonsense you know uh, a man doesn't want a boss babe he wants a feminine woman that's quiet nurturing and uh, pure pure you don't want a woman with a high body count that's been passed around by everybody and her brother and posting naked pictures of herself online no man takes a woman like that seriously you know they're, you know, and they may get mad at me for saying that. You just don't like strong women. No, no, that's a strong woman. I don't like it. I think a strong woman is a woman who gets married, stays married to the same guy for 60 years and builds a legacy with him, takes care of her kids, loves her grandkids and her great grandkids. That's what I think a strong woman is. A woman who reads her Bible at night and goes to church on Sunday and prays for everybody in her family and her neighbors. And when they're sick, she bakes them a casserole or bowl of soup or chicken and dumpling or something takes to them. That's what a strong woman is in my book, you know. I think a lot of these labels are crap. That's that's just my opinion. I know I know you guys get sucked into them, you know, you, you like that sort of thing, but but you all weren't so, raised up on John Wayne though. And so my my, my my opinion is is you're bringing up an actor, right? You're bringing up an actor who's whose mindset's not near as um, – you're bringing up an actor. I bring – I brought up Demetrius Johnson, who's a, you know, who's a professional fighter, who's a killer, right? He goes in there and he, he does bad things to people. You know, he, he's a good fighter. Um, and the difference here, right, is um, I'm not meaning alpha male as – um, um, alpha male. When I bring that up, I'm not meaning as somebody who is uh, uh, somebody who's the loudest, strong. You know, I'm not trying to not a douchebag, right? I'm trying to come off as somebody who's tough, somebody who is a 
somebody who who takes the room as soon as he walks in, right? I, John Wayne would take the room because he's an actor. Uh, um, but when, when it comes to something like that, I think a tough man is what somebody should be and somebody should strive for. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was just trying to come up with a conversation. You, you, you think... You think the women nowadays are not as um, uh, strong as keeping a relationship as what they used to be? <sighs> I think people don't know how to make things work anymore. I think people give up. I think pe- when stuff gets hard, instead of trying to communicate and find common ground and work through whatever issues they're having and, and rely on each other, I think people just throw up their hands and go get something else new because it's so much easier. Then when those things start getting tough, I think they throw up their hands again and repeat the process. Uh, that's that's just my opinion. I think, you know, now people's going to hate me for saying this, but love's a choice. You're not always going to feel the butterflies and the rainbows and the unicorns and everything's lovey-dovey and hunky-dory. Love is a choice. You wake up every day and you choose to be loving towards that person. You choose to be kind and respectful towards that person. And you choose to put that person before yourself in some ways. Not every way, but in some ways. As a man, you gotta put you gotta put right and wrong and logic ahead of some things because you've got to lead the family and you're gonna be judged according to my beliefs. Before God, someday, by the way, you lead your family, the way you bring up your kids and the way you lead your wife. I think God will judge you for that. Uh, Secondly, but uh, people just ain't willing to put in the work anymore on themselves. And people grow apart. And if you don't choose to love one another and choose to grow and be the best individual that you can be at all points in your life, try to do the best that you can possibly do yourself. Um, you know, people will grow apart. And that's that's very hard ground to get back together once you grow so far apart. Your girlfriend focused on you. I lost you. Yeah, I got you back now, brother. I was just going on with this same topic. You know, you was talking about, you know, think people just give up on these relationships nowadays. And I went off on kind of a tangent on that because I, and I've been through, I've been through a lot of breakups and it ain't, it ain't good. It ain't easy. But people uh, lost my train of thought. But, and this is just my opinion, you know, this ain't, I ain't no therapist or anything like that or no life coach or anything. I ain't no claim to be. But uh, it's hard to make things work when you're aggravated at your significant other, boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, husband, wife, what, what be it. And you're, uh, you got 50 people DMing you on Facebook. You know, and everybody makes fun of these people that have uh, 
joint Facebook accounts. You know, it's married. It's like, oh, blah, 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 blah. Let me tell you something. If you respect your husband and wife, that's what you ought to do. Now, I know it's people who get married later in life, they probably will not do that because of the fact, you know, that you got all your childhood, your, all your pictures from your kids from the time they were little all the way up. So, you know, on there, and it'd be hard to transfer everything over to one new Facebook I lost you. Oh, I uh, keep losing you. Yeah, it keeps kicking, kicking you out. Uh, yeah, I was still going on the same tangent. My point is, you know, it's hard to hold a relationship or marriage together now when you get aggravated your significant other and you got 15 guys or 15 girls trying to hook up with you in your DMs. Uh, I think Facebook, Instagram, uh, you know, Snapchat, WhatsApp, Telegram, all these apps that make it so easy to have uh, multiple lives and multiple partners and keep them hidden at the same time are, uh, are, are helping bring about the destruction of the home. You bring about the destruction of the home and the family, you bring about the destruction of everything, you know? Yeah, no, I understand that when you when you bring in the weak mindset, though, it's everywhere too. The uh, like TikTok, Instagram, they're all like praising being single, praising the OnlyFans, praising making money off of soliciting your body and all that kind of stuff. And it's uh, it's very disgusting, in my opinion. Um, the way that people, the way that people live. Um, Nobody lives for God anymore either, and that's that's one of the biggest problems. Is is that uh, another thing is is yeah, like you said, once you um, once you separate the family and the uh, women are raising the children because the judges won't let the fathers. Um, and I I do believe that I uh, I don't I think that the kids need both parents. I do I believe but the you know. If both parents are in good shape, you know, mentally, emotionally, whatever, uh, both parents are trying their best to do what's best for the kids. The kids need both parents in their lives. But I really, really believe that uh, if it's any way possible, they need to split time so that that dad has as much authority and say so in those those uh, kids' lives as, as anyone else. And I do really believe that uh, – Little boys need to be the primary. Uh, you know, the father needs to be the primary uh, uh, caretaker of, of the little boys. Uh, a lot of people disagree with me, but I raised two boys, and uh, you all are good, strong men, and and you're uh, uh, 
you both go to church, you love God, uh, you know, you're red-blooded American males, you'll fight, you'll whatever, you know, and you're serving the country, you know, that is, uh, uh, that's what I believe, and, you know, it's, uh, I believe I've raised strong men, and I believe that men raise strong men, I don't believe that uh, uh, women raise strong men, I believe that uh, uh, too much of a lady's influence on a man causes him to not look masculine enough to future women. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I agree. Um, and on top of that, too, right, is why did the family separate? Did the family separate because of the father? Did the family separate because the mother uh, cheated on her boyfriend and he's just a baby dad or all that? You know, you know what I'm coming from. Um, what's causing these family separations here, right? Uh, well, what's, what's causing families to be uh, less... Less notable, there's less family now. There's the divorce rate's super high and all that kind of stuff. And um, it, it calls for a concerning outlook on the world. Um, that, that That's what the world wants. The world wants you to, um, I guess the world wants you to be single, not to be married, not to love one another and provide for one another. And, and it's hard to provide by yourself and life's too expensive and all that kind of stuff. Um who knows, man? Who knows what the world's coming to? You just got to hope and pray, and you got to hope for the best. And um, Yeah, I'm probably going to head out after that. My, my headset's about to die, and um, I, I think we've had a pretty good stream so far. Yeah, we had a pretty good stream tonight, pretty good, uh, pretty good thing. Yeah, uh, I, I think a lot of social media, I think uh, – I think that's a lot of what they want. They, I think everybody's blaming China right now for everything. Okay, big bad China. But we, we created China. We gave them the, the tech and everything they needed to become what they became. And if we didn't give it to them or sell it to them, they stole it. And we gave them the means by stealing it. And we allowed it to happen inadvertently or whatever. But they say that China infiltrated everything and started about the, you know, started pushing the feminist movement to over here to destroy the American homes, therefore making the generation of weakness and weak men and everything else. And I think that's true to some point. I'm not saying China's the one that done it, but all those things have come about that. And that has made weak, weak homes, everything else, uh, them wanting more tax money, wanting to tax their wives to death. That has also led to this. They wanted to put the woman out in the workplace and when you put the woman out in the workplace around other men, you know what's going to happen. I mean, it's just it's, it's going to happen. Uh, I I go back to the military point of view. The woman needs to be at home. You know, I, I believe you know you, you the man ought to make enough money to provide for his wife and she stay at home. You know, that's that's what I believe, and can't always do that. You can't always do that. You know. Not in this economy, you can't always do that. And I understand that. And I understand a woman wanting to have a job and a career. You know, I understand that too. You know, everybody wants to have something that they can look at and say that they have accomplished and, and they're proud of. But I also believe that women need to represent their husbands or boyfriends or themselves in the workplace. I believe that uh, 
when they present themselves at work, they're presenting their husbands. I believe men, when they're at work, they, they, they're representing themselves and their family and their legacies, their children and their parents and their grandparents, and all those that come before them, all those that come after them. And they need to, they need to be that kind of person. They don't need to be, uh, you know, they don't need to be smoozing up with the ladies if they're, you know, if they're, if they're married or if they got a girlfriend, they don't need to be smoozing up with the ladies. They don't need to be, uh, you know, they don't need to be friendly, overly friendly with the women. They need to uh, build, build, build a tribe, build men that'll hold them accountable, and do their jobs, and go home to their families. I don't think they need to uh, do all that stuff. And that stuff leads to it because you get in there and okay, say uh, uh, I'm not married, I'm not even in a serious relationship. I'm just dating dating a girl right now but you know, I have a lot of respect for her but uh, let's say uh, uh, I was in a serious long term relationship or married and I was at work you know I don't need to be cutting up with the other women there I don't need to be rubbing elbows with them me and hers into it I don't need to be going to those other women and saying hey uh, uh, I had this problem with the uh, with uh, Jack and Jill, Jill this morning. I had this problem with Jill this morning, and uh, she didn't make my cup of coffee the way I like it, and she done it on purpose because I didn't buy that pair of boots she wanted, or, or something like that, you know. And she's just not treating me right. She burnt my eggs on purpose. She knows I like my scrambled eggs uh, soft. She knows I don't like them, you know, hard, you know, and you know stuff like that. And, you know, you don't run to them and tell, tell all your problems to, to people at work. You keep that quiet. You keep that in-house. And because what people will do, and men are especially terrible at this, what men will do is they will come in and they will be like, uh, oh, so you and Jack's into it. Well, he's just a butthole. You know, if he was with me, you know, I would treat you right. I would have got you that pair of boots or I would done this. I took you to that thing, you know. I'd have made time for you instead of going to work in a second job, you know. I'd bought you yeah. that new car instead of that truck you all needed to, you know, to haul feed for the cows. You'd got your new car instead, you know. He, I'd got me something else. And they undermine each other's partner and make them look bad. But they really, truly don't know. But they, they do it so that they can weasel in there is what they do it for. And women do the same thing. Women do the exact same thing and uh, that men do. Some, not all. Not all men do that. Not all women do that. But some do do that. And your best, your best just to keep to yourself. I mean, your best just to keep to yourself and, uh, you know, not associate with the with the opposites, you know, too much. That's just my opinion, you know. <laughs> Caleb's wanting to join the podcast. I'm going to have to invite him, okay? Okay. I, I'm going to go. I'm going to listen to you guys. I, um, I'm i actually getting kind of hungry. I, I need to cook some food. I might join back in, though, depending on
Hello. Hey. Yes. You got a lot of noise there. Sounds like Let me see what I can do about that. Yeah, you know, it sounds like an air compressor running. Somewhere along the line, with that huge disconnect between men and women, you know, it's brought this. It's brought this about, you know, and we need to learn how to fix it. And I was discussing something with with someone the other day. Uh, I was talking to. I think she was Pentecostal. And we was discussing. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, she was talking about, you know, faith healing and, and stuff like that. And, and just different aspects of, of, of ministry. And I was just kind of kind of understanding, you know, the denomination that she grew up in and that she's a part of. But uh, one of the things that she discussed was when she was a child that in, in their uh, in their denomination or whatever, yeah. Church of God, uh, Pentecostal, whatever, they were brought up and they were kind of made disciples at a young age, but they don't, but the church, their church that she goes to, and I don't know if it's, if it's denomination wide in her church or not, but they have gotten away from this about discipleship training. I know in the Southern Baptist churches, we have gotten away from it. We have gotten away from it a lot. I, I don't know when the last time I heard about a, uh, a marriage, you know, a class being offered at a church or a, a discipleship training program taught at church. I don't know when the last time I heard about something like that being offered at, at a Southern Baptist church. Excuse me. We are, we are being, uh, you know, this is just my opinion. You know, that's why I think you see so many divorces in the church because we don't, we're not raised, we do not raise our kids up to be disciples of Christ anymore. Uh, you know, I mean, there was, there wasn't that very, you know, there wasn't that many, uh, uh, there was a lot of classes when, when Logan was little, but I don't remember any classes when, when, when the twins were little coming up. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of youth things going on in the church. You know, you used to have like Bible drills and stuff like that. All that stuff's kind of gone away. It's basically, you just had Sunday school and you had Wednesday night service and, you know, Sunday night service and Sunday morning service. And that's about, about it. And, uh, uh, you know, there's no reason to discipleship training. Every once in a while, you know, you have a uh, meet over in the fellowship hall, have a, have a meal and, and fellowship with one another. But, you know, we've. Uh, We've gotten away from the basic teachings, and I think that in a way has brought this plague. And it is a plague. The, div the divorce is a plague upon the church, and by it being a plague upon the church, 
it's a plague upon the community. And we've, we've got to figure out, and it's both, both parties are to blame, men and women both are to blame. And, you know, I'm not saying it's all women's fault, I'm not saying it's all men's fault, but every situation is different, every situation is unique. But while I, and, you know, we have a minister here on the other side. He, he, he'll tell you, you know, if I'm right or wrong, but this is just my personal belief. If you're being abused or you're married to a, a type of addict that could bring harmful situations to your kids, you know, disease, uh, financial, you know, just different things like that, that, that you could be, you know, just, there's a lot of things come with drugs. I mean, they go to jail and, and they, uh, and just, I mean, just many things come up, you know, they'll, they'll be stealing, get killed or anything else. Danger you and your family that comes along with this, with drugs and, and stuff. And I know everybody has that problem somewhere in their family. Now it's touched every home, every family, but you know, if you're being abused, stuff like that, cheated on, I, he may disagree with me on this, but I've tried to work through, marriage situations with with cheating spouses and it it never stops it just don't stop your best has self-respect and just walk away from stuff like that and uh you know i'm not saying stay in a marriage for any reason whatsoever but where we just get to the point where there's such a disconnect and that we don't even try anymore and just walk up throw our hands up and walk away i believe it's a I believe it's an attack on us. I believe it's an attack on our church. I believe it's an attack on the family. And I believe it's way too commonly accepted in churches nowadays. Uh, let's say you, Ronnie. Well, the the thing, too, I, I don't necessarily think that it's, uh, that it's accepted in churches nowadays. Don't get me wrong. I believe that there are those that it's all, all willy nilly and go on, you know, and it does happen, but you got, you got a couple of different things going on from my perspective from what I'm seeing. You got where it's not taught. Um, there are principles as far as whether or not you should get a divorce or not. Um, I've been in a situation where I had a spouse to cheat on me. And that marriage failed. I didn't file for divorce. She did. I was willing to uh, reconcile. She wasn't. And looking back and seeing where things are now, I thank God for unanswered prayers. Um, but by, no by, offense, no offense, Ronnie, I'm going to cut in here. But God put a woman with you that is heaven sent, man. She is funny. Now? Yes. Oh, yeah. She is funny. Oh, yeah. She's, um, she's, she's beautiful inside now. She's just, uh, She's a blessing. Yeah, she's a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. And she's about as much redneck as I am. And you don't want to be around if we get into it because it sounds like 
you know, we're getting ready to kill each other. <laughs> and I'd say but, she's you'd say she's hot tempered too. I'm sure she is. Oh she, she is. Yeah. Oh yeah. She'll tell you she's she's quicker quicker than I am, but you get us both going at the same time, it's gonna get loud. The thing is, though, you know, at the point to where we are right now, if we get there, we know where the line is. I mean, there's times whenever she gets so aggravated and mad at me, I can't even be in the same room with her. And I've got to respect that. I can't push it. Right. So, you know, she is my number one wife. She is my only wife. Have I been married before? Yeah. Those women left me. I'm not married to them anymore. I've only got one wife. Right. And you wonder. (laughs) Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll I'll come back. Go ahead. And and the thing, too, now you was talking about churches and everything accepting. I've yet to find one that was that have well besides the one that I'm in now and the last one that I was at that was really accepting of us. Um they accepted us, but they wanted to put us in a corner. And I'm what I mean by us, I'm speaking for my wife too, because she has told me of what she experienced. Because she went through a divorce too, she filed for divorce. Uh, her her first one, um, the guy didn't know how to keep it in his pants, and he wanted to go chasing skirts. And after after getting caught twice, that was enough. She said enough's enough because she didn't know if there was any others. And, she, and like you mentioned, um, she didn't know if he was going to bring home a disease or not. And she wasn't going to put up with it. And, but, you know, she was willing to forgive him, but he didn't know how to be faithful. And honestly, I'm kind of glad that, uh, <laughs> you know, he messed up. Uh, I got, I'm reaping the benefit of it, you know? Right. So that's, but, you know, I'm not an advocate of divorce. By any means. But like you said, I've ran into situations where if the woman's getting abused, she needs to get out. Can I take that to the Bible and pull out verses? Not exactly. But if a man is beating on his woman, he's probably doing other things that would uh, put him in that category where give her more more other rights you know oh do yeah. that, you know? he's disrespecting her enough to do that he's probably uh uh he's probably cheating on her too he's probably cheating on her too i mean re- realistically yeah he if he don't have enough respect for her, you know then to do that to her he's he's chances are he's he's uh uh drinking drugging or, or doing something else you know that that you know if not all the above yeah, if not all of the above, and I'm not an advocate for divorce either. That's my my whole thing is, you know, I think you know, as men, we're supposed to lead the family, we're supposed to provide, we're supposed to lead, we're supposed to protect, you know. 
all part of that protection and leading and instructing as abusing and cheating and all that kind of crap, you know. Uh, a question I posed a while ago, I forgot my joke. He's talking about your only one wife, and you know, uh, you don't. You know, think about becoming a Mormon or a Muslim or anything, having about 10 or 20 of them or anything like that? Nope. <laughs> Me neither, man. Me neither. You wonder what – I know those – they're different circumstances and it's different, you know. But uh, – and those women are a little bit different. They're used to more of a control, more of a, dare I say, abusive circumstance than what I would approve of. Well, I mean, look, if you get into the Old Testament, it, I mean, early, it is not permitted. I know David had a bunch. I know Solomon had a bunch of wives. Jacob had two. I know that. But whenever you get into Leviticus, it was not. No, it, no, it was not something that you did. Um, now did God bless these men, Jacob? Yeah, bless yeah. him, bless David. Yep, bless Solomon too. Now, and I find it kind of awkward. Well, I kind of not awkward, but peculiar, especially the denom that I come out of. They would, uh, they would, lack of a better term, they would sanction a preacher or a pastor who had went through a divorce. They'd put him on the bench. And it, they're holding up to tradition. And it's not biblical. And if anybody's watching this or listening to this, you want to correct me, you go right ahead. Please bring it. I want to see your argument. But uh, it's not there. And if you go to where, where Paul was talking to Timothy to be in the husband of one wife, hey, I'm sorry, I'm a husband of one wife, and I'm an ordained minister. <laughs> it's that simple. Yeah. Well, you've been married before. It doesn't say anything about being married, not being married before. It doesn't say anything about not being divorced. A lot of them argue that Paul was not married, but. Paul being a member of the Sanhedrin, according to tradition, had to have a wife at some point or he another. He had been married at some point. At some point, yeah. Yeah, um, and what happened? I don't know. I mean, it's his, not It's not for us enough. Even whenever he was, um, he was talking to the first Corinthian, the, the first book of uh, First Corinthians. He told them that he wished that they were like him. And basically was talking about virgins remaining virgins and being celibate. And he encouraged, and at that point, he was not married. And he encouraged people to be like him. And the main reason that of that was to be focused on doing God's work and being consecrated to God, which is not a bad thing. And I mean... Gee, many Christmas, especially a woman who's in her thirties and not never been married. People look at her funny. Yeah. Especially in the churches. Yeah. And it's like, it's really, common. it's common now. It's common for uh, single women, you know, 
divorced single women, 20s, 30s, 40s, and a lot of them are up in their 50s now, divorced single women inside the church. I mean, it, it's a lot of them, though. Somewhat. But, but, they, they, but, but they still look at people yeah. who look at them as being different. Yeah. yeah. I can see that. Yeah. I mean, um, Yeah, I mean we're discussing the we're discussing the, the the outcome of it, but what do you think is the cause? I mean we know the root cause is sin, but I mean in your denomination, are they still teaching people to be disciples of Christ? Yes, yes, and I mean the the thing is. The denom that I come out of, did they stop to a point? Yes. And it also breaks down to the church. Church makes up its own mind. Now, even, even the ones who are part of bigger denoms like, and are, they get their marching orders, lack of a better term, or direction. That each church is still makes up their own minds. Right. What they're going to do, and it whether it's Methodist, Baptist, or what what and the Baptist. You know, I'm I'm non-denom now. So, but the church that I'm affiliated with, we we don't. You lost you. You're cutting out like crazy. What about now? You're good. All right. Um, the church that I'm affiliated with now is a non-denom, and we don't even have Sunday school. And yeah. I know where I come from. That would be considered to be, you know, we had to be devil worshipers because we didn't have Sunday school. Right. The thing is – bad yeah and you know how many years i have perfect attendance in sunday school so i'm sure that kind of strikes you as odd um, it does strike me as odd because you had what 30 something years never missed sunday school about I mean, 30, or, 31 31 years yeah yeah because i'm looking at it right now um uh, my my uh my my big long chain, where I was rewarded, it went through a fire. Yeah, I didn't know if you knew that or not, but it. Uh, my sister's house caught on fire, and yeah. some of the stuff that I had was in that house, and I got it, and it survived the fire. Um, That's easy. Am I still breaking up? Not like you were, no. Okay. Um, the thing, the thing, what I was, so our church, we don't have school. We have what we call the Academy, Valley Rock Academy. And it's a three-year program where the pastor is teaching it and it goes pretty deep and deeper than any Sunday school class that I ever take, took or even taught, to be honest about it. Um, 
uh, unless I was doing the writing of the material. Um, but, um, but anyway, it, uh, it goes deep. Um, and one of the things that I know I teach, even though I'm not a pastor of a church, I am, uh, I lead a Bible study and, uh, where I work, um, there's a group of guys that, uh, they call me their pastor. They call me Rev. And so one of the things that I teach them is one, you're going to live what you believe. You're going to live out what you believe. If you truly believe that God is Jesus is Lord, you're going to try to serve him. If you don't, and you're just saying that you are, you won't. And that's going to show. And and I try to teach them to know who Jesus is. And I encourage them to find out for themselves, not just rely on me to teach them. Because I can't be there every day. I can't be there, you know, in Sunday schools once a week. And I'm telling these guys every day, you know. So, right. you know, Jesus lived with his disciples for three years. They traveled with him. And I look at my, my assignment and I'm what I, I call it, my assignment, my mission, my job for the kingdom is living with these guys on a daily basis long enough for me to pour into them who Jesus is. Right. And you know, that's me. Now the churches today, they go about it from at different ways. I get that, and I understand that. Um, some good, some not so good. But, um, you know, if... The biggest problem that I see is tradition in the churches. Right. And you're right in the sense that, you know, about the divorce and everything... And as far as being true followers of Jesus Christ, I, I don't think that it's, I don't think it is expected. Um, we have given such an easy uh, excuse for sin. Now, granted, you know, yes, First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And John was writing to a church. Right. And too many have taken the concept that, well, all I got to do is confess my sins and everything will be all right, which is true. But they're not taking the whole Bible as a whole because Paul addressed it over in Romans. Shall we sin so that grace may more abound? God forbid. We can't live a life full of sin, especially habitual sin that is premeditated. Now, there are those that would argue that all sin is premeditated. I don't necessarily think so because there are such things as, you know, you reacting. Um, 
but there again, if you're following Jesus Christ real close, spending time with him every day, meditating upon his word, seeking his face, praising him and worshiping him on a daily basis, those uh-ohs, accidental friends, aren't going to happen as much because you're going to be, your guard's going to be up. You know, you're going to be more, I don't want to say guard going to be up as much as um, you'll govern your actions and your reactions. Right. You're going to, your reactions is going to be more, like you said, governed. Um, You're not going to be so quick to react. So, yeah. So, but, you know, like I was saying, and I agree with what you were saying too, as far as as being followers of Jesus Christ and how in-depth are you willing to go? Honestly, you know, I, I said this back in, that would have been 2003, I was preaching at a church, and I felt bad after I said it. Um, and what I said was, I believe that 75% of the members of the church, not that particular church, but churches as a whole, were going to split hell wide open. People looked at me kind of funny, like, how dare you? Needless to say, I haven't preached in that church since. But anyway, uh, a week, within a week after that, I, I mean, I even went to God and said, God, I'm sorry. I think I got in the flesh there. Please forgive me. Well, within a week, I heard Billy Graham preaching, and he said 80%. I've I probably heard that message. I think I have heard that. Uh, I listened to a lot of Billy's stuff when he was still around. I watched a lot of his older sermons for me as young, too. They used to show them on TV, and I had, the, had cable. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, I think that is part of the problem, um, and I, I'm I'm as guilty as anybody sin, else. Sin in the church has been there from day one. For an example, you got uh, oh, what was her name? Uh, Ananias and no, not Ananias and Sapphires. That couple who sold that land and said, "Yeah, yeah," but you know what? They stuck together right through the end. You don't see that now. (laughs) Well, it depends. (laughs) Huh? It depends. Well, she didn't know that uh, that hubby got killed, though. No, no, she didn't know that, but she stuck with him. (laughs) Well, that was the plan. See? Yeah. Well, I mean, even look at Judas. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, was there sin? And yeah. I mean, honest. I mean, you think about it. I mean, Judas was right there. He had, he was part of the 70 that went out, laid hands on the sick and watched them get healed. He was there whenever the the 7,000 and 5,000 got fed. He was there in the boat whenever Jesus come walking on the water. He yeah. was there whenever Lazarus rose from the dead. And he was willing to sell him out. Still yet. I think fear entered in. 
I think that was what what how what Satan did. I've and, an interesting take on that I've never heard. And I want to interrupt you and pose this to you. That Judas Iscariot did not wish for Christ to be crucified, and when he gave him up, he was trying to force his hand to become Messiah King. I see the possibility. And when that I mean, did not happen, he was... Look what Peter did. Yeah. yeah. Cutting off that soldier's ear. Yeah. Yeah. He thought that he would say, okay, this is it. I've had enough. And he would uh, call his legions of angels and, and rule. Usher in his kingdom. Usher yeah. in his kingdom. Now, I don't know Judas's heart. We always paint him as the bad guy, but that was an interesting theory I'd never heard before, and that and that makes sense. Even if he was a thief, even if he was a uh, power-centric kind of guy, that would make more sense than just giving him up to be killed. You know? Uh, well, yeah, yes, it does, especially since he went out afterwards and committed suicide. Yeah. Because if he really truly felt like Jesus was going to, if he done this, that Jesus was going to go on and usher in his heavenly kingdom here on earth or establish it, and then he didn't, well, you know, he knew what he had did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense now. I mean, to me, I mean, that, that it's a theory. We don't, we can't prove it. No, we don't know. I mean, I don't know. You know, I, I just heard that. And I, I thought, man, I had never thought of it that way. It makes more sense. It does make more sense. It does. It does to me anyway. It makes a lot more sense. Because it seems like it's just something out of the left field. Okay, this guy's been following him since the beginning. He's seen everything he's done. He's seen raise the dead, walk on the water. He's He did not see him at the Mount of Transfiguration, but he heard the stories from the guys that were there, you know, about Moses and them coming down and talking to him and seeing the glory of God upon him and all that. Uh, he's seen, he heard the tales of that. He didn't get to see it, uh, but he, uh, all the miracles, you know, in the Bible says more miracles and, and that, that, that couldn't even be wrote, you know. Just but. that's not that's not we only know what's been written down. Right. That's not counting the ones that were not. Yeah, that's what the point I was getting to. Yeah. So that having said, uh he uh uh yeah it makes perfect sense. That that point makes makes sense and why I've never heard it putting that perspective whatsoever is beyond me, but everybody just paints him as, well, the devil entered him and that was it. You know, he wasn't even murdered, you know? Well, look, yeah. I mean, most of, most of the preachers that me and you knew 30 years ago, 25, 30 years ago, that were, ahead of us they were regurgitating what they had learned right and you look at the circles that those individuals ran in 
versus the capability that we have today. Oh yeah, yeah. They didn't have they didn't have the information at their fingertips that we do today. Right. They didn't. Um, like for an example, one of the guys here that I found on YouTube by accident, which I don't think it was really accident. Uh, this was this would have been about it's thir- 23, three, four, about three, four years ago. Maybe five. His name is David Hogan. Yeah. I found the videos of him. I got to meet him this past Wednesday night. And his videos helped me. It challenged me because this man is a very masculine man. Very masculine. I mean, he's been shot stabbed been left for dead and that was all while he was doing god's work um being a minister um ministering down in mexico um so that just type of person that he is right he caught my eye you know you don't see that type of roughneck type masculine type minister very often usually they try to be meek and humble all the time Right, and he'll flat out tell you, I have very little patience for hypocrites, and he'll call them out right now. Um, but anyway, I mean, he, he was one of the ones that God used to, I don't want to say re educate, but to help get me on the path to having. Being able to look at the Bible, not through a denominational lens, but through his eyes, the eyes of Christ. What did God, what does God mean whenever he said this, you know, and instead of coming down with certain doctrines, but listening to what the teachings actually were. And this was David Hogan was one of the first guys that I listened to. And now I can't even remember why I brought that up, but. Um, we get, oh yeah, we, we get so caught up in learning. Well, like, like I was saying, whenever we were younger, we were influenced by the men that were going ahead of us in the circles that we were running in. Right. And I just gave you an example of a man who influenced me and I wasn't even in the circle. Right. But and you know there's been a couple others too. Circle in a way. Do what? Providence kind of brought you into that circle in a way. You got to meet that guy, didn't you? Did you get to meet him? I never, I never anticipated on meeting him. Yeah. I mean, he from Mexico lives in Texas, I think. Lives in Mexico, you know, down there. I mean, the truck that he pulled up in had Texas tags on him on it, so. Yeah, you know, I'm assuming that he lives in Texas, and, and he lived many years in uh, Mexico too. So I never thought I'd meet him. Right. Um, there's another another teacher, pastor, overseer that I would love to meet. Uh, that influenced me a lot in my way of thinking, and that's his name is Curry Blake. 
Yeah. He is, I know more, probably more about his ministry than I do about David Hogan's because I followed him a whole lot closer. His ministry, he's actually got two. The one is JGLM, George, no, not George, John G. Lakes Ministries. Um, John G. Lakes was a man who come out of the, well, it was before the Pentecostal movement, helped form the Pentecostal movement, I guess you could say. And Curry Blake kind of picked up his mantle and followed him. Right. And his, John G. Lake's daughter, I think, Curry Blake actually tracked them down and talked with them for a couple of years before they passed and they gave him permission to take over John G. Lake's ministries and hence the name. Uh, because John G. Lake's prophesied who was going to take over and they vetted him for like three years and it wasn't something that he went looking for. And eventually after a while, they told him, come up here. We want, you know, come to us. We want to have a sit down talk with you. And they had the points all laid out that John G. Lakes had prophesied and the guy met him. I mean, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like, oh, he's going to have black hair. You know, no, it wasn't that. It was other points. Right. And, and he, it had something to do with how he nearly died whenever he was like two. And that was part of the prophecy and a few other things. But anyway, John uh, Curry Blake teaches from the King James Version. Every message that he preaches, King James Version. And I don't know how he does it. Every Sunday morning, he they have praise and worship time. You can watch it on YouTube. At least I do. I have. And then he'll preach for well over an hour. They'll take about a 10-minute break. They do announcements. Praise and worship a little bit more, and he'll come out and preach another hour every Sunday morning. How many preachers do you know of that's got that kind of endurance? <laughs> uh, there's some of your bigger churches that have morning and morning services and evenings, or morning services and then mid morning services. A uh, couple of churches. Yeah, they have. Like, yeah, but you switch out. You switch out congregations. He's you not switching out congregations. congregations. Yeah, you switch out congregations. And it's usually he's not, he's not switching out. out. Yeah. Oh, he's not switching out congregations. So instead of having like no. school, it's like church and church again, basically. Is what right. You're yes. Yeah. You're getting double whammied right then and there. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's, I don't know of any like that, really. Yeah. <laughs> He's the only one that I know of. But anyway, yeah, I mean, it, uh, it's kind of getting off the subject. But Yeah. So what do you think is, do you think that it's a, a, do you think it's a problem where there's no really discipleship training in the churches anymore, allowing the influx of like divorce and the acceptance of worldly things in or, you know, and it's not All just a problem. I mean, it's not just a church problem. It's it's a it's a societal problem, and it leads to uh, 
the numerous other things, you know. I mean, it does. It leads to numerous other things. Well, I mean, the thing, too, is marriage is not a sacred entity anymore. It's not viewed as being something that you want. It is viewed as only being a piece of paper. And by the way, the government has is partially at fault with this because you go to the courthouse, you get a license, you get a, a preacher to marry you or the justice of the peace, they file the paperwork, and you are, quote, unquote, legally married. Right. And there's, you know, the county makes money off of it. Yeah. Where it was used as a way of keeping records at one point, and still is, it's, it's a money thing now. And m- most I'm not going to say most. There's a lot of people who look at it as being nothing more than a piece of paper referring to the marriage. There's still some tax benefits from being married. Yeah, there's you got some... that that part too. I forgot about that part, but yeah, I mean, and that's it. But there's I mean, it I comes with don't even hear guilty. Huh? Um, it comes with a lot of liability now for your man. Because for any reason whatsoever, say you're the best husband ever was, uh, your wife can still leave, take the kids, strap you with child support, and under an amendous financial burden for the rest of your life. So that is scaring away a lot of men from marriage. It is. It's scaring away a lot of men from being serious with women. But <clears throat> but if if the thing is, too, if a guy gets a woman pregnant, he's still under the same obligations. He's still under the same obligations, yes. Yeah. Yeah, from a legal standpoint. From, That's yeah. if she can get him strapped down to it. And, you know, look, I met a guy. He was in jail for not paying his child support. Here in the state of Ohio, your first offense is 30 days. Second offense is 60 days. Third offense and any offense after that is 90 days. This guy was homeless. He was living on a creek bank with his woman in a state high all the time. Ooh. And they caught up with him. And they threw him in jail for 90 days. And it was like his like fifth or sixth uh offense and this is going to continue this cycle is going to continue until the back child support is paid Mm. and that's what it was i mean his kids were already over 18 it wasn't like they were getting they were you know getting fresh money it was past due money and his, his attitude was oh well why should I do this? Why should I do that? They don't want to have nothing to do with me. That was the mentality of it. That was his mentality, but the state enforces it. Yeah. Which yeah. is a good thing. I paid I paid for mine. Uh, thankfully, I only had to pay child support on Logan. I didn't go after child support on 
the twins. But uh, the thing is, here in Kentucky, they can go back. I don't. They figure out who their daddy is. They can prove it, sir, daddy. They can go back. Adults, I've seen adults go back and sue their dad for like forty thousand dollars in child support, where they didn't pay their mom. I know a few girls here locally. Now I don't know if they got any money or not, but they but they all had enough of their dad. He never would do nothing to help them. And once they all turned eighteen, they all went back and. I think some of them might have been older now. They all went back and and went after him for child support, about forty grand each. Now, I don't know what turned up with that, and it's none of my business. But but uh, that is something that that you face as a man. But really, you know, you should take care of your children. You know, best. I mean, you got to work and take care of your children best you can. You know, the problem is they put a lot of un. Sometimes they put a financial, the state will put a financial burden on you that you may not be able to bear in some cases. I know. That happened. I know a guy who I was told he committed suicide. But I look back when I was younger, I believe whatever anybody told me. And I didn't always know why or whatever, you know. But not long after I started working at Gamble Brothers, there was a guy I worked with. He was there working two. He worked at Gamble Brothers, and he worked another job. When he got off there, he worked. And I did the same thing. I did the same. I worked for Dad on the farm in, of a morning. I, not every day, but a lot of days. And then I would work at uh, Gamble Brothers all night. But uh, this guy, his wife had left him. And every time she turned, he turned around. She was raising his child support up on him, and he, you know, he went and got him a, a second job just so he could kind of afford to live and provide for himself. And then she found out he had that second job. She went and got him again, and they raised his alimony and child support again. And I guess she didn't work, or for whatever reason, she didn't work or something before they got divorced or something. So she got a little alimony on top of that, and then you know she got him for child support. And every time that he would try to get him a better job, she would raise it. And every time he got a second job, she would raise it. So he uh, he he was talking to some of us there one night. He said, man, I've not had nothing but bologna to eat for months. He said, I can't afford nothing else. He said, I ain't, uh, he said, I ain't nothing but bologna for months. And he said, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to afford to eat bologna much longer. And it wasn't like a week or so after that. They said he killed himself. You know, he didn't come to work no more. They rumor had it that he killed himself, you know, over that. And if you're out there, you know, talk to somebody before you, you know, take a permanent solution to a temporary problem. But, uh, you know, but it, it's a, you know, I, I suppose he did, you know, I suppose he did, but I, I can't be for sure that he did. But he, he was gone. He never, he didn't work there no more. And I never seen the guy again. But <clears throat> so I assume he did. He did, you know, end it. But there's a lot of guys that do that. There's a lot of guys that that uh, do that to get out from underneath that burden. And uh, you know, it's a. What do you think is the biggest, the biggest cause? Not not just inside the church. It's a plague on the church, but it's a plague on society too. Do we 
has social media and all this online stuff made it to where we're just incapable of communicating with each other? Or do you think it's what the red pill, I don't know if you're familiar with the red pill side of the internet. Are you familiar with the red pill? Mm, Maybe, don't think so. Okay. The red pill is essentially this. The red pill is essentially all women are cheaters. They're all going to cheat on you. Uh, They're all hypergamous. They're all going to um, monkey branch, which means they'll hang on to you and they'll swing out onto a tree on another limb. They'll test it for a little while, see if it'll hold them. Then they'll swing back, never let you know on the limb they're on. They'll swing over to another one, test it out, see how it is. That's what monkey branching is. They'll, like a monkey swinging, that all women will swing, will monkey branch to the best option that their looks can attract. That's what the uh, is based on. Not all, but I've kind of experienced that. I have too. I have too. Um, I don't think, not all women are that way though. Not, I don't believe all women are that way either. I, I don't think so, no. Um, we are related to too many women who are not that way. Right, right. And so, you know, um, I had to do some checking uh, on something. I can talk about what what your friend and what happened to you, the guy that you knew. I can just, I can go into that if you want me to. Yeah, you can go into that if you want to. My my first question now is, did he have visitation rights with his kids? I don't know anything like that, man. I just had started working there, and I just met him. I really wasn't his friend. I just know who he was. You just knew him. I, just, I, yeah. I, remember, I remember you talking about it yeah. way back then. Um, I honestly can tell you that here back – in 2019, I think it was 2000, either 2019, 2020, that I, I was ready to go home myself. Yeah. I had entered that, uh, I was, I was facing jail time because I got behind my child support. Right. I'd lost my job. I had, I was, before I lost my job, I was carried out of my job one night with three out of four symptoms of a massive heart attack and come to find out it was a stress stress related thing panic attack i guess you could say right and i got to the point where i had had enough i was ready to go home the the idea of being home in heaven and experiencing peace was more appealing than fighting through being behind my child support, not being able to see my daughters, not being accepted by the rest of my family, being called everything underneath the sun. And I was done. I was tired. Satan, the enemy had gotten to me and don't you just want to go home? And I was ready to go home. And 
I tell you what, if it hadn't been for my wife, um, I would have succeeded. Right. And the fire that she has gave God time and the fight that she had gave God time to talk to me because I had a gun pistol in one hand, had a bullet in the other, and I was fighting her because she was fighting, trying her best to get that gun out of my hand. And I'm like twice as big as she is. My arms is twice as long. So I, she couldn't, wasn't very successful. But while I was wrestling, I heard God say to me and say to my spirit, now what are you going to do? First off, I recognized his voice. Second thing I saw was a dog catching a car after he'd been chasing that car. Like, like a dog don't know what to do, you know? And the, my thought, the thought that went through my mind then was, do I really want to see Jesus like this? And I pictured what my head would look like, me going into heaven. And it, and it made me mad. And because I didn't want that, but I had to deal with that. I had to come to that point. I'm still paying off back child support, but I wouldn't be bringing as many with me if I went then. Right. Because I've seen a lot more come to the Lord since then. So I can understand where he could say, yeah, I'm, I'm just so tired that he did, couldn't see the end. And he got tired of eating bologna. Yeah. You know, now I get that. Do I, you know, <clears throat> each situation is different. You can't lump them all in together, but there are common denominators. Yeah. Um, and you can't get past the sin problem. And whenever you're dealing with church, you can't get past, it's hard to get past the traditions of that church. Um, I was a member of a church. Me and, me and Elizabeth were members of the church of a church. And I was told that I would never preach from the pulpit whenever we joined. And I did not the whole time we were there. Now, I could teach my class, and I could write the literature for that class, and it got to the point, well, whenever I started that class, there was only one person that came on a regular basis. No, I'll take that back. There's three. That came on a regular basis that was in that class. Everybody else I brought in. I invited people, and I brought them in. Right. Which, honestly, a Sunday school class, the teacher should be trying to do that anyway. And that was the perspective that I took. But, I mean, and just be, why was it this way? I've got my theories and I really don't want to go into them. But uh, a lot of it had to do with the fact that I had been divorced. Yeah. I know one of the smartest guys I ever met on the Bible 
And you know how much I like information and digging into things. Uh, but he can talk so deep that he'll about put me to sleep. He'll about ground, drown me out. And he is one of the smartest guys I ever met on the Bible. But he talks so above so many people's heads that uh, that he just loses them. Yeah, he just—I mean, he—he he just loses them, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. and he's divorced, and he—he doesn't—he doesn't preach or pastor anymore. He does teach, um, you know. And uh, he feels that tugging at his heart all the time. And I'm like, I won't call his name, but I'll say, brother, why don't you? I said, you can self-publish on. Uh, you can self-publish on on uh, uh, you know on, on uh, Amazon. You can put your writings out there. You can uh, get on Facebook. You can get on Instagram. You can get on all these different platforms. It's free and available out there for you to deliver this message that God's laid on your heart to, to put out there. And I said, you know, what Jesus said one time was, you know, a prophet is not is not is not without honor except in his own country. I said, you know, you might be preaching to the wrong audience. You might be teaching to the wrong audience. I said, well, God put me here. Well, yeah, God may have put you there, but those people may not be your audience. You know. And my next question would be, when did He put you there? And do you know the why? And have you asked lately? <laughs> Right, right. Well, look, yeah. look, I travel. I travel forty-five minutes one twenty forty-five minutes to an hour one way to go to church. That's where my church is. I travel thirty minutes to the work, my employer, and technically that my where my employer is. That is my vineyard. That is my. That's where. I do ministry. I do more ministry 45 minutes away. Well, 30 to 45 minutes away from where I live because for whatever reason, and there's several, I mean, shoot, the church that I was asked to leave had a formal letter from the elders and everything. And I had to sit down, ended up, I, I called for a meeting with the elders and the pastor. And we had a, we had, we talked about the letter. That, that, that church is within 10, 15 minutes away from my house. Really? Yeah. And it, that church is not part of my denomination. With my, it's not part, it's a non-denom. It is. It's not, it's not you know, a part of any denomination. And they wanted me and my wife gone because we did not fit the mold that they were wanting. And, you know, I, I never claimed to be a prophet. I just know what God tells me from time to time. Right. And I told several people, I said, in a short period of time, I said, things are going to change. Within a year, the assistant pastor, well, he was a co-pastor. He left. They never replaced him. 
And I told somebody else, this ain't nothing. And sure enough, since I said that, they've lost quite a few members. It was like a rotating, you know, revolving door there anyway. And how they kept people maintain what they were doing, I have no idea. But but uh, they would run 100 plus and, you know, they was just running different ones. This group would fall away, but they would find another another group. And they, here they would come. And I still ain't figured out how that maintained. But half the elders that were there are gone. Probably two-thirds. About all the elders that were there then are gone. And the pastor, just about two minute, two months ago, about a month and a half ago, he put in his resignation. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, God, you were right. <laughs> you know? And the thing is, you can't, you know, I'm reminded what Paul said in Galatians, be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. And in, in a lot of ways, they were mocking God. But at the same time, I'm going to tell you, I learned a lot while I was there. Right. Some hard way. <laughs> but, uh, you know, is it back to the topic? Just there is a falling away within the church. Yeah. There is a. Just because, what is it, a 401c3? Just because, it, and they call themselves a church, doesn't mean that they are. They're just a 401c3. Yeah. Because they're a, just because they're a, a, you know, a charitable or non taxable entity or whatever, doesn't mean that they necessarily are. Right. Um, I mean, it goes back to what the definition of ecclesia is, which is the term, the word that we get church from. And that was one of the biggest lessons I learned from that experience. And yeah, it was, it was before then. It was before then, before that, that I was ready to go home. But, but anyway, I, 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 I also saw more charity out of that church than the denom that I came from. Right. Uh, the church prior to that, we got in a hard way because I'd lost my job and my wife was the only one working and we went to them, went to the church and asked for help on two different occasions about three or four months apart, maybe longer than that. And the last time they says. Don't come back anymore. Well, door shut. Yeah. Well's dry. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You know? And honestly, this is a church that I've known a long time. There was a point in time they were running about 150 in Sunday school. The record was 170. And they would flirt with it every once in a while. I remember that time period. 
they are now doing good if they get if they can break 30 on a Sunday morning. That's a lot of churches right now, man. It's a lot of a lot of churches I know that were huge are doing good to do that right now. Yeah, but there's a lot of churches that are busting too. There are there are some that's busting. Um, now I'm going to tell you now our church it is going on it's about a year and a half old. There was about thirty of us there today. But I brought 11 of them from where I work. (laughs) And I tell you what, though, in the past year and a half, we baptized right at 100. And the pastor is Pastor Appreciation Day. And the pastor mentioned today that he has baptized more with this church with than with any others in his past. So is there a high divorce rate in that church? It's only a year and a half old. The Most pastor's been divorced. Yeah. He has been divorced. He had been married 30 years, over 30 years. I don't know what happened. He's never told. Right. And I've never asked. But I'll tell you this much. She comes, she's a member of the church and she comes. Right. His first wife. Right. With the job that she has, she can't come all the time. She's in, she is in nursing, and uh, but yeah, she comes to church. Yeah, I mean, I can could could you imagine going to church with any one of your exes? I do. I can't. You do. I do. <laughs> Good for you. I couldn't. I couldn't imagine it happening. Unless I was at a church with my daughters. Yeah, I do. My ex-wife, uh, I, I was told she left, and but she's back. She's back. And uh, I had left for a little while because I just could not. The personal reasons, I and mean, a lot of it had to do with anger and unforgiveness and all the things like that that I had to deal with. So I had to get well, a, you got uh, it. <clears throat> yeah. Deal with it. Deal with forgiveness quickly. That's what Pastor says. Yeah. But um and I was angry a lot at the church too, because I felt like the church wasn't scolding her enough, to be honest. I, I'll just be honest with you. I feel like the church wasn't doing their part to uphold right and wrong. You know? And I wasn't well, really looking at my failures. I failed. I failed a lot as a husband, or I would have lost her. Uh, I did. I, I didn't really see. I didn't really see that I was failing as a husband in some aspects because I thought, you know, just going to work and working sixty to seventy hours, sometimes eighty hours a week, 
you know, to try to give her whatever she wanted was the right thing to do. But uh, I thought that was because that's what my dad always did. You know, that's what my dad always did. So I thought, you know, that's just what you do. You, you go work your butt off, you know, and there's something not getting met at home, some, some need or whatever, not getting taken care of home. She needs to just uh, uh, woman up, pull up her big girl pants and get it done. You know, And that's just kind of the way I viewed things. And I didn't listen to her please to, you know, find a different vocation or, and, and really in this rural area, there's not, there's, there's not really anything at that time I could go do or that I realized I could go do that would uh, uh, keep me home more and meet her needs as a husband more. And, and in a lot of ways I failed. I, I blamed her a lot and I was really angry at her for ending the marriage. And it still was not a biblical, I still don't think it was a biblical. I mean, at one time I thought it was, I thought I had biblical grounds to divorce her and I may probably did. I know I did over one circumstance, but, uh, There's things I've done I just did. I failed as a husband. I mean, that's just, and maybe well, if I had done those things differently or better, performed better, uh, maybe I'd still be married. And I'm not even going to discuss what she did. It doesn't matter. But I need to own up myself. I agree. And since God has brought this realization to you, you know what you need to do. What's that? If you can figure out a way to do it without causing an uproar, I would encourage you to say, you know what? I messed up and I want to ask for your forgiveness. Please All forgive right. me. I've done that a long time ago. Yeah, we talked. She, okay. even, I didn't she know. Even, yeah, she even manages my account at the bank. She takes care of the boys' accounts. I mean, she's, you know, she's she's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're cool. Yeah, no ill will towards her whatsoever. Good. Tip. That's not typical. No, no. I think she's dating someone a smaller face I haven't seen for a while. She said she was dating some guy out of town, so I hope she's happy with him. I really do. I hope she's happy. I really do. And I'm not saying that just because I'm, a, I'm not upholding divorce. It's a terrible situation. This should have never happened. I'm not saying that. Divorce uh, is too easy. It's too easy. It's too easy. And whenever they passed the no fault divorce laws, that was a curse on marriage. Yeah. I mean,
there was a time that you had to prove that there was infidelity. And if that was found to be true, then the divorce would be granted. Now it is just breaking of a contract and divvying the stuff up. Yeah, basically. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. I mean, that's how I've had divorce attorneys explain it to me. A lot of people have a different take on now. What I'm going to say is biblical, but it's interpreted in different ways. You know, there's nothing the Bible says you're supposed to get a certificate of marriage. There is something in the Bible that says you're supposed to get a written of a written of divorce. Uh, that was what Moses had ordered, and Jesus talked about it. Yes. Now we know from tradition that uh, when a woman was betrothed to a husband, you know the husband went out, the groom, the groom went out. He prepared a place for his wife. He worked. He stored up. You know, according to Jewish and Hebrew tradition. He stored up a year's worth of of uh, food and money, excuse me, to take care of her, you know, for their first year of marriage. So they had that time to spend together because there really wasn't a great deal of courtship, right? They weren't allowed courting and dating like what we do today. So after the wedding and after the consummation of the wedding, you know, they had their ceremony, whatever it was. I do not know what it was. Basically, a big drunken feast from what I get from everything from all the scriptures and everything else that talks about weddings. They, you know, they hit the wine and they, uh, and people will get mad at me for saying this, but it is what it is. Uh, a lot of Baptist churches are, Oh my gosh, they never got drunk. Well, you know, you, there's different words for wine in the Bible. It does use the one that means it can intoxicate you. I'm sorry, but, and I'm not condoning drinking. I'm not saying that, but you know, they had a they celebrated. They had a big party, you know, and you know, the, go on for a week. Go on for a week, yeah. And the groom and the wife would go get married, you know, consummate the marriage. We know what that is. No need to go into details because we're kids on there. But uh, uh, they, and then they would come back. But there was no really signing of documents and all that. Okay, you're legally married. Blah 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 blah. He took her for his wife, like the Bible says. He Hey, got you back finally. Yeah, fat fingers hit the wrong button. Oh, I thought I thought maybe Spotify kicked you out because it's kicked out so many people tonight. No, I hit the wrong button. <laughs> but uh, you know, he he went, he took her for his wife, and then he spent that year, you know, after they were married, courting his wife, and that's something that we don't do today. We put all the courtship beforehand and look at the marriage as the finish line as a trophy once we get the wedding and we don't continue to court our wives 
there was a little man and woman I seen at church, and they were like 70, 80 years old, man. These people were old. They were barely driving. He'd leave out of there, and she would sit right up there next to him, church in the front seat of the old car, go right on down the road. And, uh, uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, I seen him, you know, and I'd be like, oh, you know, I'd call him by name. He won't mention no names. We're both dead and gone now. But anyway, uh, I'd say, hey, uh, man, I, I, you all got better. Look like you got a better relationship. A lot of people I know, young people nowadays, what's the secret? He said, I started courting her and I never stopped. But I don't really understand what courting means, to be honest. I do not understand what it means. I know the concept, but how to properly court, um, I don't really understand that, really. Not going to lie and say I do. I struggle with that, I'm sure. Uh, but to be able to keep that up through the ups and downs, and the good times and the hard times and everything else, whatever that couple had, a lot of us are missing today. Do you follow me? Yeah. Um, hang on. Oh, I'm going to have to cut out before too long. Um, Just got reminded of something. Anyway, um, here here's the thing. Whenever you're courting somebody and you find somebody that you're attracted to, um, you want to talk to them. You try to find out what they like, what they dislike, what kind of food they they like to cook food they like to eat, places they like to go. And then you start eating that food. Then you start going to those places. And you try to determine whether or not that you uh, enjoy being with them. The thing is, a lot in a lot of relationships, the couple stop pursuing what the other one thinks about something. They automatically assume they already know. Right. Instead of asking, you keep, instead of keeping seeking. Yeah, you keep on seeking, and that, and you can put that. You talking about the food? You talking about, you know, whatever. I tell you what, it about drives me crazy. We'd be me and me and my current wife be out some. My wife be out somewhere, and running around. Hey, what do you want to eat? I don't know what you feel like, and it'll go on like that for an hour. While we're driving around in circles. Women will never choose that, man. They will never choose that. <laughs> they will never tell you where to go. I took this one girl out on maybe two dates. And uh, 
she she was an attractive young lady. She was in management. Uh, uh, she ran like a uh, uh, she managed like an eye doctor place. She wasn't the eye doctor. She was just you know the business manager side of it. Uh, you would think she had it all, man. Just know exactly what she wanted when she wanted, you know, because she was used to running the show. I went to every restaurant in town. And she did not like any of them. No, I don't want there. And she'd say, okay, well, what about maybe this? Well, I'd pull in the parking lot. She would say, no, no, I just can't eat there. I just can't eat there. I just can't do that tonight. Finally, I took her back to Wendy's. Wendy's for the last time and, and got her food. And she, I don't know if it was a test, if she was just seeing how much garbage I would take that night, if she was just putting me through the ringer, messing with me, or if she was seriously like that. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, I really don't know. But the thing is, excuse me, you, I've been drinking, I've not had nothing but pretty much coffee and water, and I wanted a little caffeine for this, so I drank a couple Mountain Dews, two cans of Mountain Dew, and they had about burnt me to death. But anyway, I apologize. But anyway, uh, you have got to make that choice for them. They do not. Uh, they will well, never. Uh, I'm not met a woman yet, they would tell you. There's times that my, my wife will do that. Um, really? Yeah, there's times. And her go-to is always Mexican. Yeah. Now, my first wife, we would figure it out. Now, my mother of my daughters, that was a different story. Um, it would happen. She would have something in mind. And a lot of times we would have, if we were getting ready, we would make up our mind before we left the house. Uh, right. I didn't have the money then as I did whenever with my first wife. Right. Oh, it was already predetermined in a lot of ways. But um, I haven't had the money like I had since the first wife. But anyway, uh, beside the point. Um, the thing, too, you know, we were talking about the pursuit. And I, I believe that that is crucial. Um, but it also comes back down to, you know, the assumption. We can't assume anything. Well, you know, we've been married this long. I think I ought to know something. Not necessarily. And... The thing is, you got to keep in mind, too, is, you know, how would you feel if she automatically assumed what you were going to say about this, that, or the other? Right. You'd get pretty upset. Well, why didn't you ask me? You know. Right. And, and you know, and, and it, there's a lot of that. Uh, now... The thing, too, is I'm going to revert back to David Hogan here. He'd been married. Him and his wife had been married for over 50 years. 
Um, they married right out of high school. They have a prayer room in their house. And he goes to it at 4 o'clock, 4.30 every morning. She has her chair in there. He has his chair in there where they go and spend time with God. Right. I think that's crucial. Um, do me and, Liz, me and my wife do that? No. Should we? Yeah, probably. But i tell you what, though. I can talk to my wife. And we are at a point now that she understands I'm not being critical of her and I'm not being, I, I don't mean to be demanding of her, but there's times whenever I need to vent because I get something on my mind and I have to get it out and she'll let me do that. And I have to, I, I have to sit there and be the sounding board for her too. And we understand it's, that helps for us. You know, knowing that role, knowing when it's there, needing the other one needs. But at the same time, there's times whenever she hits a particular tone and she says, now, Ronnie, you need to know this. Did you think about this? And it's not time for me to argue. It's time for me to listen. Right. And then there's time after that, I ask questions. And, you know, and, and we've gotten to a point now because we've been together for a while now that we can do that. And, you know, the gifts that I've got from God, the spiritual gifts I'm referring to, she saw pretty early. Even though my doctrinal stance on biblical matters have changed Uh, quite a bit. I ain't gonna say quite a bit. I'm more open to things on a spiritual sense instead of the hard nose. Oh, that was then. This is now. I, I'm not that. And the denom that I come out of is full of that was then. This is now. But they can't never prove where the dividing line is. Right. Because I've asked. And I don't see myself ever going back to that denom. Because I feel like that denom has left me more than I left it. So like me like Democratic Party. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh yeah. So, is there is there scriptural things? I know you need to go, and we've been on here for four hours, so uh, it'll take me a long time to get all this processed and put on Spotify and Apple and everywhere else. But uh, uh, do you is there anything scriptural that you can come to that teaches a younger guy? how to pursue his wife according to the Bible? 
Song of Solomon? Well, yeah, yeah, definitely that. But what about biblical masculinity? You can't really get a much more biblical figure than Christ as far as a, a picture of masculine man, uh, in my opinion. I mean, I know there's different ones in there, David and Solomon. Solomon really doesn't come off to me as masculine, as much of a masculine man as uh, as David. Uh, Peter, Paul, those guys, James and John definitely stick out. But Boaz, Boaz sticks out. You know, Samuel, uh, Ezekiel, uh, well, Elijah, Elisha, you know, <clears throat> Well, out of those guys that you've mentioned, there was entrepreneur, there was king, a couple of kings. Uh, well, a couple of entrepreneurs, actually. Um, Paul was an entrepreneur. All of them were fishing. Paul? Paul, yeah. He would have, yeah, he would have to be, but at the same time, they were missionaries. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, my view on a full-time minister versus somebody like Paul who made tents for a living. But at the same time, they received offerings. Paul didn't receive a whole lot. He refused them. He didn't want to take from them. He didn't want to be a burden to the church. Um, but you're talking about Elijah and Elisha. We don't really know. They were full-time prophets. Uh, Elisha probably ran a school of prophets. But at the same time, most of these guys, they were hard workers in their careers as well as being servants of God. Um, I mean, you got to go back all the way back to Adam, too. You know, because God told Adam, you know, by the sweat of your brow, you're going to earn your keep, basically. And, you know, the... The, the idea of... How can I put it? Well, God is masculine. I'm not talking about Jesus. I'm talking about God the Father. Right. As well. Uh, I mean, in, in, is there any key verse or passage of Scripture that, that promotes the masculinity? Well, the whole Bible does. Um, the whole Bible does. It doesn't teach it. That's my opinion. That's the point I was wanting to get to. There is nothing in the Bible that talks about uh, being a weak, feminized man anywhere in the Bible. Uh, always, you know, stand your ground, you know. Uh, well, uh, I, I mean, you, the, the thing is, if there was, I don't want to say weak, but a compassionate man, I think of Jonathan. 
and David's. If you look at their relationship, I mean, I've heard it argued that they had, they were homosexuals. I disagree. They were like brothers. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with two men who are not blood related, having a close relationship. It doesn't mean there was nothing in there that implicated implies, I should say that they were homosexuals. It just meant that they were close. Um, I've never had a friendship that close. Um, probably my relationship with you and another cousin of mine that, you know, that relation, those, that trio is probably the closest thing that I've ever had. That was that tight. Right. And we're cousins. So, you know, um, I will, I will say this much. Well, I don't, I'm going to leave that alone for right now. Um, I believe I will say this. There are men that I'm training right now that I believe will be in, 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 in my life for the rest of my life. Right. I believe that. And I believe they're going to get closer than what they are right now because of some of the promises that me and God, well, God's made to me that are biblical and so on and so forth. But the thing is, you know, you think of masculinity. One of the things that you come across is, you know, keeping your word, being trustworthy, being kind, uh, being honest, uh, being steadfast. Um, I mean, if you look at the sixth chapter of Ephesians, where it talks about the armor, I mean, it's a, it's a warrior standing there and we are encouraged to be that way. In all honesty, but that doesn't mean that you can't have compassion. That doesn't mean that you can't feel and show mercy and show grace. And, you know, and that, that's, that's something that is lacking. I think the world that we live in is so busy that we run past people and we run past even our own family and members of our church, our spouses. That makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, I, I'm more busy now than I have been in years and I hate it. Times have changed. You know, you used to, you got out there and you worked on the farm and you, uh, you know, you work till night time. Sometimes you had you got your work caught up and you go fishing for a little while or sit around the front porch with your family. But used to there was always some time through the week for family. Everybody wasn't pulled in five thousand directions. And I'm I I'll be honest with you, I've never seen a time like there is now. Um, 
the last job I had, there was no holiday time off. I got off the day before Thanksgiving and I got off the day before Christmas. And that was the only two holidays I got off. The rest of the time we worked. You know, and vacation time is very limited. Uh, you're on the bottom of the seniority list. Those people got on there and they never quit. They, a lot of people stayed there for you know 30 years or whatever until they retired. Been there since the 70s and, and stuff. So you had to wait till those guys got all their vacation weeks picked before you got to pick yours. And no more than four people could be off at a time during school and no more than five people off at a time during uh, during school being down because, you know, the flow of milk wasn't, we didn't have as much product to put out, you know. So that job just, I mean, it. the time I was there, yeah, it, it, uh, it really helped me in some ways financially a lot but not over the long run because every time I turned around I was hurt injured or whatever and off for work for six months you know with you know no income and uh uh so in ways it 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 built me up to hurt me really is what it did and and I, my kids growed up uh very very limited access to my kids last few years grew apart from my wife and where did he get me now i'm not saying a person shouldn't go work in the job i'm doing right now i might be gone for a week or two weeks at a time and then i'll be home maybe for a week or whatever you know or two or three days or whatever but i get more family time now being gone two weeks at a time and coming home and being able to actually see my family and talk to my family than I did all the time up there, you know? So I'm not saying, uh, you know, personally. Well, well, the thing is with your job, you can, you can take time or pick up the phone and call them. Whereas right. the other job, you couldn't necessarily do that because they would frown on you for being the phone. Oh yeah, well, you, you inside a cooler, there's no, there's no service, no way, really. Well, I mean, you know, exactly. You couldn't, you couldn't call nobody. I mean, even if I was allowed to call someone, I couldn't, I couldn't, talk, they couldn't hear, I couldn't hear them over the coolers blowing. I couldn't hear them. Uh, right. If, if the signal would come in there, you know, you what you do is you'd send you a text message and it would sit there and roll and roll and roll. Eventually, you would get somewhere in the in the cooler where there you got close to an open door, you know, a garage door or something. And, and it would go. It would actually yeah. It would go. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, <clears throat> so there wasn't no, uh, you know, but you couldn't talk on the phone with anybody in there. You just, you couldn't hear, couldn't right. hear nothing. Those, you see, my, my point is you got more freedom now than what you did then. Oh yeah. I got a lot more freedom now. Yeah, I got a lot more freedom. I probably, I probably won't earn as nowhere near what I did up there. Uh, it scares the crap out of me, to be honest with you, most of the time, because I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm one load away from uh, losing everything. <laughs> but you know, uh, that's just. But I'm, but I'm happier. I'm, I'm a lot happier. You know. 
the thing is, this is a career that you just started. And yeah. If you get more established, you're going to have more. It's going to be more stable as time goes on. And I'm going to encourage you always, always, always put God first and make sure he gets his cut first. He will bless it. And you know that. You don't need me to preach on that. But uh, the thing, too, you know, you ask me, you know, what, what are some of the key points or whatever about masculinity or marriage, whatever. You put God first. Right. Period. Uh, I'm not going to say it's going to be perfect because I felt like I – I feel I, I I am there's not too many things that I am confident about as far as you know things that I've done or I should have done. You know, I, I made decisions back whenever I was 18, 19, 20 years old that had an effect on where I'm at now. And I was confident in what I was making those decisions in which I was making then. And I I second guess them now, but there is one thing that I do know that I tried to do from an early age. And that was putting God first. I may not have done it every day, but I always come back to that. Some would say, well, you wouldn't have went through two divorces if you put God first. He wouldn't have called you into, into those marriages. Well, God told me to marry both those other women. God told Hosea, go marry Gomer. Bingo. You know, and Job, I, I mean, Job was so righteous and put God before everything that his, oh, I assume that he did. And, uh, you know, look what happened to Job. Job was attacked by Satan to to the point of even his health with the bulls, you know, lost everything. Some say his wife, he didn't lose his wife. I don't know if he did or not. You know, I know he got. No, she, I know was, still he, she was still alive at the end of it. His wife didn't die. But I know he was blessed with more children. So I didn't know how old his, his broad was. You know, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, so, really I mean, look at Sarah. Well, look at Sarah. I know. I know. I'm just, you know, but uh, Here, here's the thing. I don't know if here's the thing Sean. Me and you both know what it's like to be attacked by Satan. Well, not by yeah. Satan himself, but, but by the enemy. Right. And, you know, the thing is, if we look at what the, the decision was, Job perfect and everything they did? No, he was not. But, one of the things was he never faltered as far as wanting to serve God, wanting to put yeah. God number one. And, you know, I'm reminded of what Jesus said, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things be added unto you. And then you got over in, in Psalms 37 where it says, uh, delight thyself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Next question is, are you getting the desires of your heart? And 
dependent upon your answer, then the next question would be, are you really truly delighting yourself in the Lord? Because if you're delighting in the Lord, then your want to's or your wants are going to change to that of what God would want. And if you're wanting the same things God's wanting, guess what's going to happen? You're going to get the desires of your heart. It may yeah. not be a brand new bass boat. It may not be a new uh, Corvette. It may not be a lot of money. Right. But it will be I mean, a, a nice warm home with your belly full. And I ran into an old friend last night. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. I ran into an old friend last night that I had not seen in years. And we exchanged numbers. We hung out a bit. I took pictures with the girl I was on a date with and and uh, and his wife and him. He'd been with this uh, he'd been with the same woman since we were kids, man. You can't imagine what a blessing that is to, to me and to him. You know, of course it is to him. He's got grandbabies with this woman now. I mean, it's just a blessing. But um, uh, I ran into him and I had walked away from him years ago and, and a lot of my friends, because of the drug use, you know, I was not going to be drugged down into that. Uh, I just, I had to walk away from him. And I had not talked to him since then, really. Not really talked to him. And he's been going to church and stuff for about six years, been clean. And he looks great. You know, his wife is happy. He's happy. Uh, uh turned his life around you know god has i talked to him for a few minutes last night and he he gave me his number he said let's let's go out and eat sometime you know when you're in i said so we'll do that we'll do that you know and he's and he looked at me he said man he said i had to get away from everybody he said when i finally had an opportunity he said i went to work for myself i stayed away from everybody he said i've stayed busy and said i've, I've you know, my life has changed. I'm happy. He said, I don't care about getting rich or anything like that anymore. I don't care about making a lot of money. I just I just want to be happy. I said, man, that's me. I said, I don't care about making a lot of money anymore. I ain't worried about owning the world or anything else. I said, I just want to be happy. I said, that's all I want, to be happy. And I said, man, I'm so, I'm, I'm, I'm so proud of you. I'm so glad to see you like this. He even bought me and his wife and, and my date ice cream. You know, I, I mean, that just blowed my mind as, as awesome of him, but he ran around with, with our cousin and, and with uh, my other cousin on the Davis side, you know, he's married into that family. And, and, you know, we had one, another friend that died not long after all this, but uh, he, he actually died a hero and he was a cousin to the twins, but anyway, way before the twins is even thought of, but, yeah, I told him, I said, you know, before we parted ways that night, I said, man, I said, I said, I, I missed you guys like crazy, but I said, I, I wanted something different with my life and I just could not hang around that. I said, I had to have something different and I wanted something different for my life than that, than that road. And he said, I understand that now. You know, he, he didn't hold it against me. I guess in some ways he never said it, but in some ways, I guess I, uh, uh, I help, you know, I put the example out there in some ways, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Indirectly. And indirectly. Indirectly, you know. Because yeah. he's seen me leave 
and then and it's not been an easy road. I've not had a, a great life. I've had a lot of problems, you know, uh, but I've not had to deal with the drugs. You know, thank God I'm not end up in jail from drug use. I know, I know you, I'm not saying that, you know, but I got a cousin that just got out of the pen right here uh, for drugs again and breaking probation. And it, and it breaks my heart because he, he came and sat with me every day when I got run over that tractor, man. He came and sat with me and and uh, it, it was just a, a great, you know, it was great to have someone there that came and checked on me. But I'm not even so much as wrote him while he's been in the pen either time. And I feel bad about it, but I didn't really know how to, you know. I didn't know where he was or anything like that. But and I feel bad about not writing him. But I just had to cut that stuff loose. And I know that when he gets out, he's not going to cut loose from it. And then I may have him back here with me, you know, and I don't want him here with me trying to pull me back into that. Or, or I'm not back into that, but pull me into that. <coughs> you know what I'm saying? But uh, so you, there's sometimes in life you just got to cut it cut your ties but this guy you know he understood that now you know Ronnie I'll let you huh there is a such thing as having boundaries and if you got strong enough boundaries you won't have to cut every tie now there are circumstances and there are relationships with certain individuals yeah, you're going to have to cut ties. I've had to cut ties with family. And it had nothing to do with drugs. And I mean, is the door open? Yeah, but I'm not going to go running after them. And that's the reason why I had to cut ties. Because um, the unacceptance was one of the things of my family that... Uh, caused me to be ready to go home. Uh, the respect that I saw my dad's siblings get, I thought I would get by those, by my siblings and by my nieces and nephews. And I haven't, I mean, I haven't truly gotten it. And I had, and I went pursuing it. So I had to cut. Right. But I understand where you had to cut ties with your friends. Um, Cause you didn't want to, you didn't have the tools back then to have the boundaries to protect yourself and still stay in a relationship with them. And I get that. And you may not now, I don't know, but evaluate it, you know, test the waters. And if you have to cut the tie, cut it back, you know, uh, just set good boundaries. Um, and that, that, especially with the guy that just got out of the prison, whatever, I encourage you to set good boundaries and reach out to him because you never know. Uh, you might be the help that he needs to be clean and stay clean. Right. Um, but like I said, you know, make sure you know where your boundaries are. 
um, which I believe you do, but you got to be confident with your boundaries. You know, like the guys that I, I work with that follow me, I, I say follow me because you know, they call me pastor, they call me Rev, and they do it for a reason. Um, they know, they know that, uh, I'm not, I'm not a pushover. Uh, I mean, I had one guy kept getting up and going out on me today at church and he spent more time out than he did in. And I'm going to have to have a conversation with him. He obviously didn't think that it would come to this, but it's coming to this, you know, yeah. they think, oh, There's... Ralph, he won't care, but you know. He does. <laughs> well, what was going on? Was he uh, going outside to smoke or some he, back when I was on a certain kind of medication, I would start coughing and choking and I would go outside and cough and choke myself to death. <laughs> Lip, uh, some kind of cholesterol medicine I was on. It done granny the same way. About choked her to death. You couldn't. You know, there's a blood pressure medicine that's that way. Uh, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, it was a blood pressure medicine. One I was on that done that to me. I mean, it was now, terrible. You know, the, the, these guys know that um, it's okay. The pastor doesn't say anything because these guys can't sit still. Some of them can't sit still. And I mm. get it. <coughs> Some of them can't. And I get it. But this guy had been on, he was on his phone. I actually went out and got him twice. And, you know, I'll, it, I, if they get up and they go out, I give them a few minutes, you know, enough time to go to the bathroom. If they do go out, they go out and they're smoking. You know, I give them out, you know, enough time to go out and smoke or go to the bathroom. And depending upon who it is, I'll either give them more time or not. Um, this guy, both times that I went out, he was on the phone. He was on right. the phone. And I could tell by his body language something was going on, and he wasn't being forth-telling. So I just read his body language, and I made comments accordingly. And the message would have helped him if he had been in there. I'm very confident. Um, I encourage... It's not up right now, but it's going to be up here in a few days. Valley Rock uh, Church on Facebook. Um, teacher, I mean, the pastor, it was, he, he didn't really preach this morning. He taught. And the message was the power of unity, I think it was. Hmm. The power of unity. And it was more having you having yourself united and knowing where you're standing and being secure in it. And, um, one of the things that he teaches on and teaches and hammers pretty hard is, if, you know, if you look to have authority, you got to be under authority, which I had never really heard and never had really seen it processed you know, and so, you know, uh, you know, and th today was pastor appreciation day and I had guys, you know, well, you're my pastor. 
because now he's pastor. Or I would say he's my pastor. And well, I feel like you got cheated today. You should have been honored too. And finally, whenever I got the guys back to the house, I told them, I said, listen, Valley Rock Church, that's pastor's house. God gave him that. And I attend there and I'm under his authority. And I reminded him what pastor said to have authority. You got to be under authority. Pastor is my authority. I'm under his authority as my pastor. And they started, it started clicking for him. And I, and I told him, I said, listen, I said, you guys, I see pastors. I see teachers. I see evangelists. I see just laborers because we need people doing things. And I tell you what, I mean, here I am, I'm talking to people who they've been to jail. Nobody, a lot of the people don't like them. They are told what to do, when to do and how to do. They have freedom, even though, you know, they're not in jail, but in a lot of ways they're confined. And I even told him, I says, even here at the coach, you're under the authority of the coach. And I says, you honor that authority, God will bless you. Right. Move you on up. Um, and I, you know, I encourage anybody who's listening to this, go to Facebook, get on, get on there and search out Valley Rock. And the message is not on there right now. They had some technical difficulties, but it should be loaded up by Wednesday. And I encourage anybody and everybody to listen to it. <coughs> it was a good message. But, you know, knowing where your lines are, knowing where the boundaries are, knowing who who he is and seeking after his will is crucial, in my opinion. And it brings stability. It brings, and, and if you're stable and everything, then the... Knowing who you are, being comfortable within yourself, that automatically, it, 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 how can I put it? Is that masculine in a sense? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And just knowing who you are and being comfortable with it um, doesn't mean that you're feminine. I mean, you think of the generation that is ahead of me and our family. There are a few men that would be listed nowadays in that feminine side, but I never thought of them being feminine. No, not really, no. And you know, you probably know who I'm talking about. And cousins to the generation ahead of me. Yeah. Especially. But it's because they carried themselves differently. They weren't very loud. But they were confident. I know one of our uncles that you would... If you didn't really know him that well, you would think he was, uh, you know, a little more of a pushover. 
but yeah. you find out really, really, really quick if you ever ticked him off. <laughs> shoved him a little bit, see what happened. Yeah. 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 You probably know oh, what yeah. about too. Yeah, you got to come over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, he would. Uh, yeah, he would let you know real quick. But uh, you know. Uh, I think that's – I think uh, people are confused nowadays. We've lost our roles in life. We've lost our roles in the church. We've lost our roles in the, the home. We don't know where we belong. I think that's what I've got the most out of our conversation is by it, losing it, it, a sense have, of it. They have, but they're not, they're not seeking God. Right. Even in the church, they're not seeking him. They say they are. They're following the traditions that were laid out by those before them. And they got to throw away the traditions. Yeah. Anyway, I agree. I know, we, got, we got one more, I got one more question. The boys ain't on there. So I'm going to this. We, we can't elaborate long on it because we've done been on here for over four hours, but uh, well, I've been on here for four hours and you need to go 30 minutes ago, but one real two quick questions. Number one, Freddy's River's gone dry. The four angels are released. Also, they're saying this could be the battle of Gog and Magog or the battle of, uh, was it Ezekiel 31? I don't know, but uh, one of those. <clears throat> but if Egypt gets involved, Egypt is listed as not being in that battle. If Egypt gets brought in, also with America being there, I think it's Turkey is the army from the north. Some say it's Russia is the army from the north. But could it be America, the army from the north? Now, I know this is multifaceted. Uh, what's your take on that? I don't necessarily think it's either one. Yeah. Yet. Syria is also an army from the north, north of Israel. Right. Yeah. The, the thing is, I don't think it's it. I don't think it's there yet. And I don't know about the Euphrates thing. I'll have to send me the, the scripture link. A it's link worth the to it's the really scripture cool. where it talks about the Euphrates, because I haven't had time to look it up. Yeah, it's, a, it's somewhere around Revelation 13. I'll look it up. But that also brings me back to my other thing. Everybody's like, oh, get them Israel, get them Israel. Israel's doing some pretty rough things. And I and I know biblically they always have. They've always went in there and just killed everybody indiscriminately. And that's kind of what God told them to do. Anyway, that's it what's is. recorded in the Bible. I don't think that they are intentionally going in there killing men, women, children. If if women and children are being killed, it's because the enemy is standing behind the women and the children and daring Israel to kill them. Uh, there are there have been reports that the Haz, uh, Hamas. And oh, by the way, do a do a search on Hamas. 
a biblical search because that name has been around for a long time. That term, really? Uh, yeah. yeah, I know. Didn't know what it means. Uh, uh, Pastor brought it up during academy about two weeks ago, and I got to thinking about it, and I'm like, "Yes, I remember this," because I ran into it back whenever I was in Hebrew. I think it was mm-hmm. back 40 years ago. I ran into it then when Hamas was around then. Um, beginnings of it, I guess. And I don't, can't remember if it was then or if it was since then. I ran, I ran across it on my own studies. I can't remember exactly when and where. But anyway, um, yeah. Um, everything that's going on, I can guarantee you this much. Everything that is going on is building up to the end times and not just revelations, but the Ezekiel stuff and Jeremiah stuff and all that. And the doctrines that are out there, and this is what I tell everybody, the doctrines are out that that are out there are men's point of view on what the Bible says. The thing is, it's hard to argue about something whenever it hasn't happened yet. It will fit when it happens. But I can tell you this much, Jesus said there will be wars and rumors of wars in the last days. And honestly, I mean, the rumors of war, whenever I was younger, didn't make a whole lot of sense. But whenever you've got political parties and certain politicians who are known to be basically warmongers or or seeking to be in a constant battle or at constantly at war and then restricting the military from doing what they need to do to win the war makes sense about wars and rumors of wars. And I believe we're more in that now and further down the line than what we've ever been before, obviously. But I don't necessarily think, because I'm watching it, I watch, I try to get some I try to get news or reports from Israel itself in regards to what's going on over there. And I haven't checked today. Uh, My wife, she says, I know you do it. And I know your reason why you're doing it. It's not my cup of tea, but I know you need to know. Yep, I do. Um, I know... Well, the man that I'm talking about, he was not a relative, but he was a relative of a brother-in-law of mine, and he was an expert on eschatology. And I remember having a conversation with him once, and I have yet to go, well, I did try to go looking, but I didn't go digging deep. The one that lives close to me or used to pastor a church close to me? No. Oh, okay. He pastored up here. There's one that pastored a church in town next to me. Right. 
I'm not talking about him. Okay. Okay, he, this I'll that, this scripture. Reve- huh? Revelation 14 uh, talks about release the angels that are bound at the banks of the river Euphrates. So the four angels were released who were prepared for this day, for this hour, day, month, and year to kill one third of human race. I don't know what scripture, what translation they're using. I always thought it was in the middle of the river, but this translation saying the banks of the river. And also Revelation chapter 16, uh, looks like verse 11 through 12. Uh, and blaspheme the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores and repented not of their, of their deeds. And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the river there and the water thereof was dried up so that the kings of the east might be prepared. Uh, now, this is, I don't want to add to or take away from this book or interpretation, but I've heard this be said that when that river dries up, those angels are released and the army that comes across there is a tool that God uses to kill one third of humans. Also, no, uh, you know, I, I've done a lot of research on the Jews. You know, some of these Jews that's over there are not Hebrews. You know that, right? They're not Hebrews. They're not David's people and stuff. You know that, right? I'm not understanding what you're referring to. The Azakazi Jews are not from Israel. There was a kingdom in Europe. Uh, the Kazakazi, uh, some Azakazi, if they're around some, somewhere up in there. Uh, and they had the Ottoman Empire to, the, to one side of them, and they had the Christian, the Catholics to the other side of them. And no one would trade with them because they were uh, a pagan. They were Celtic or pagan or whatever. So neither side would trade with them. So in order for them to have trade, the king went out and he said, we are, in order for us to trade with both of these so that we can make money, we got uh, we're the entire nation is converting to Judaism. <coughs> and this is where European Jews came from. Not from not Israel. All not all of them. Not all of them. Not all of them. But a big portion of your Zionist Jews came from there. And uh, <clears throat> well, if they're practicing Jews, that's what they are. It's practicing Jews. Exactly. There, I, I, there is it, a path become a Jew. You know, but yeah, I mean, I'm not seeing the. I'm not seeing the hiccup with what you're bringing to the table. Well, Jesus is talking about there in the book of Revelation. He says, uh, "I know them that call themselves Jews, but they're not. But they're not Jews. They are the synagogue of Satan." And I think that could be what he's re- uh, referring to as Israel in the last days. I think these could be false Jews that are Jews in name only. Could be could rile up could rile the entire world against the entire Jewish 
people is what I'm saying. I, I mean, that's, that's just something I, I don't know either. I'm just, I'm just throwing stuff out there, you know. Did you hear about the attacks that happened in, in Tehran here a couple of days ago? No. Oh, my goodness. If I hadn't been watching the Israel channels, I wouldn't have. Raptor, I think is what it's called, a R-A-P-T-O-R. And it's out of Israel. They give reports of how the war's going. And apparently there was a sect of Jews that have been living in Iran or was part of Persia at one time for hundreds of years. And I guess they've been kept, I guess whenever the Ayatollahs took over, they kept an eye on them, but they let them stay there. They were persecuted to a degree. Well, those Jews had contacted Israel and somehow or another, and they got supplies and they attacked an, a armor facility uh, where they store armor, you know, military stuff and was very successful in setting off, exploding a bunch of stuff there. So I didn't know there were Jews living in Israel. And until I mean, watched that. In, in, the, in Gaza? No, in Iran. Tehran. Oh, oh, Iran. Yes. Oh, so they attacked Iran. They attacked this group that was living, that's been living in Iran all these years attacked a military depot in Tehran, which is the capital of Iran. Holy cow. Yeah. Well, you know, General Wesley Clark said that back at 9-11 said, you know, named off Iran as one of the seven countries we was going to take down in 10 years. We haven't got to them yet, so they're on the list. Well, it all depends upon who's the president, too. But yeah. anyway. Ronnie, good conversation. Good conversation. You have a wonderful week. God bless you. God bless you all, too. Let's see.